I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football. Horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better. Like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. For pizza, I think I'm going to shit myself. Oh, nice. Um, Good man. Well, I hope I don't, because um, I've got two hours of this. I'm mm. live. Apparently, I'm live. Okay, cool. Right. So, welcome to the Roker Rapport Deadline Day podcast. I'm your host, Graham. Um, you may recognize me from the Roker Report Extra podcast and other such things alike. Um, I've got with me a host of Roker Report writers. First and foremost, I've got Jack Ford. How are you doing, Jack? Are you well? Evening. Yeah, not doing too bad, but hopefully get a bit of good news during this. A breaking news special. Yeah, hopefully, eh? Um, and I've also got Danny Roberts. How are you doing, Danny? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad. I'm good. Yourself? Good day? Uh, I'm all right, mate. As as people just realised, uh, <laughs> just had a pizza to myself. Um, <laughs> apparently that was live, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, someone who occasionally uh, replaces myself and does a sterling job on the, the Rock Report Extra podcast, Mr. Jimmy Lawson. How are you doing, Yari? Yeah, really well. Top man. Far, far too kind, Graham. Oh, I try my best. I'm a, I'm a nice... I just slag you off in the pods, you see. That's what I do. And, like, after we record, because that's what I normally do. I actually think you're terrible at it, but no, actually, I'm enjoy it. You're fine. Fantastic replacement. Um, right, okay, so... I had some stuff wrote down about what we were going to talk about. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we signed this lad from Spurs. So I suppose the breaking news is, is it Kazaya Sterling? Am I pronouncing that right? Jack? I think that's the best bet, yeah. I can't see a better way. Does anyone else know another way to pronounce it? That, um, that'll do for now. Right? Yeah, we'll just go with that one. <laughs> It'll be all right. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's, I've, I've looked through... Um, 
I've looked through obviously the comments from the Spurs fans, and I don't know what you think, Danny, but it seems like people are quite quite unhappy from a Sunderland end, but a little bit frustrated from the Spurs end. Spurs seem to rate them quite highly. Have you heard anything about them, Danny? Or um, not a great deal. My brother's a Spurs fan. He seems quite adamant he's going to be a good signing, but I think a lot of it's built up on a lot of frustration from today. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans are just desperate for that really marquee, excuse the pun, signing. And we just haven't got it yet. <laughs> Sterling is, he might be a good player, but he is the Sinclair replacement. We haven't got that Madger replacement yet and it's taken on and that's the most important one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's typical Sunderland, isn't it? I think a lot of clubs are very similar in the sense that they, they do do business very last minute, but if we were willing to go to the 1.254 world grade, you, you, you maybe have to ask the question why we didn't do that at the beginning. Um, but but what's your thoughts on the, the whole Madger situation and the fact that still with only a couple of hours to go, we haven't got the the replacement in from Madger yet? What, what do you think, Jimmy? It's, it's all a bit bizarre because, I mean, the deadline for the Madger contract was the right start of the month. It was Charlton. So we've had all this sort of time where it's looked like he's going, where we've been linked to Will Grigg. And then to now be sat here under two hours for the deadline without Grigg, without that second striker, it is a bit worrying that the club have took so long to get it sorted. When It's not as if we didn't know Madger was going. We've known Madger was going for at least two weeks. There was a possibility right from the start of the window. So it is a bit bizarre. I know that Danny's mentioned before that it reminds us a bit of the Billy Sharp situation where there was a really good player there who would absolutely improve our team and our squad. And then all of a sudden, it looks like it wasn't a goer. It wasn't realistic for us to ever get him. And we haven't had that next option lined up quick enough or we haven't been able to act quickly enough when that's fallen through. So it is is a bit concerning. You'd like to think we're still going to bring someone in, but... Yeah, I'm I'm sweating it now. I mean, it feels like something that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, can I just interject? Mr. Yeah, sure. Keith Downey has tweeted, Sunderland is still working on another striker. So, fingers crossed that it is the man. But I thought I'd put that into the air. I mean... I've just seen it. To be honest with you, I've just... And, and, and Keith's quite... Uh, Keith, 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 Keith's pretty good, isn't he? Uh, like getting them right, I suppose, in a sense. But then he had he had that yesterday, that Premier League striker tweet that he put. And like, I mean, I've, I've got a list here, right, of players we've been linked to literally just over the past two days. And you've got Will Grigg, Freddie Ladapo, Sam, Sam Surridge, Sam Winnall, Tom Eaves, John Marquis, Chet Evans, Josh Caroma, Stephen Walker, Joe Mason and latterly, which was a I think it was a poor link, but Andy Cook and Jason Cummins. Now, out of Premier League players, there, there's only the only one you could class that as is, is Sam Surridge. Um, so, if there is someone that's coming in, d- do we think Jack that that's linked to Keith's tweet yesterday? I don't think so. I, don't, I can't see a permanent striker being that. Uh, I think the worrying thing for me with the rumours is that there's been no feasibly unbelievable kind of names like those those names like there was the Leighton Orient striker earlier where you kind of hear him and think right well that sounds like a scout's job rather than at the moment it's almost like someone's gone down the top scorers list for League One on BBC Sports and kind of gone right we'll go for him no we'll go for him no we'll go for him and I think it's it's never going to be surprising that a club's not going to give away their top striker in in January 
because if we can't sign them in the first place, I don't know how they're going to replace them, you know, with two hours left. So I think it's worrying to me that it says, we're, you know, Keith says we're, we're still working on a striker. I think with less than two hours left, I'd want it to be done by now. So I don't know how that, I, I don't know how it's going to get done unless they forgo a medical or something and just say, you know, here you go, here's all the money in the world, let's have him. Now, I think when it comes to, I mean, I've done a couple of these now and at, at 32, I think that, I think I've got this right, but you can have the paperwork and things signed by 11 o'clock, medicals and things like that can go can go after that. Is that, is that right, Danny? Am I, think, I wrong? I'm not sure about the medical, <clears throat> but if you get the paperwork sent to the FA before that time, you are, I think you get that hour grace period to finalise everything else. But yeah, I think it's definitely, if you get that paperwork in before what, 11 o'clock, then it's fine. You've got the hour grace just to tie up the rest of it. But yeah, I mean, I bloody hope we don't have to get to 11 o'clock and have to do that. Uh, just just thinking from a like a perspective of like players who would have to come up and do a medical, because I'm thinking if, if you need to do a medical, like I, I've never done one myself, but when it comes to getting i'm sure it's not a quick job so what is 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 people like will grigg and, and john marquis just sitting around in like middle person waiting to drive up so i suppose that there must be some sort of a time based on that um but i think i think the big thing for me was and, and we put it out a little bit earlier that pretty much i think the club for the first time since stewards took over have kind of just decided to keep the cards close to the chest haven't they really uh, jimmy i think they've just decided that they're not going to say anything. I don't know the reasons behind it. I'm assuming maybe them speaking about who we're linked to or being as being as transparent as I think any chairman is at the moment is maybe sort of driving the price up. I mean, what do you think, Jimmy? Do you think that's why they've kind of essentially closed them out for a day just because they think the prices are getting driven up? And do you think that's too late? Do you think they should have done that at the beginning of January? We might have been sitting here with Will Greg signed a week ago or am I being overly pessimistic with that? I think, well, yeah, my sort of take would be I'd be very surprised if Stuart Donald's tweetings affected prices of players that much. I just think that deadline day is a chaotic day for everyone and it's best for him to be on the phone, to be pestering these chairmen, to be agreeing deals, to be negotiating prices, to be speaking to scouts, to be speaking to Jack Ross, to be doing his job rather than tweeting stuff out. I, I just assume he's too busy. Maybe I'm being naive, but I. I struggle to believe his tweetings affected prices too much. I think with hindsight, stuff like liking tweets about Will Grigg is something he shouldn't have done. And maybe he has been a bit naive. Maybe he's been a bit unaware of sort of the position he's in and the way the way he should act as a chairman of one of the biggest clubs in England. But I find it a bit of a stretch to imagine that his tweets have had a direct impact on our ability to sign players. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear the other guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, what do you think, Danny? I think it's raised expectation. You shouldn't have put the tweet out saying we're highly confident we'll get two strikers out. There's a lot said about him tweeting and I don't see it it being that much of an issue. He's he's said his piece about why he does it, why it works for him. I think it's just over over thought about. Who cares if he tweets? Nice. Um, But I would say today is... I think we've had quite a few unlucky moments. Um, Bournemouth lost Callum Wilson to injury last night and the Premier League loan could have well been Sam Sorridge. And after that injury, 
Eddie Howes came out and said he's not going out on loan because of the injury. So you don't know how many situations like that today has happened where someone would have been probably close to getting a signing in and the plug has been pulled straight away just because of stupid things like that. What do you think, Jack? I think the idea that Stuart Donald tweeting somehow ruins our business, I think it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's simplistic. I, I, I think every player has a price and clubs will know that price and you either match it or you don't. I can't see any owner saying, right, well, we'll potentially ruin this, you know, multi-million pound deal as a League One club because you've said that you want this player that we've got. I think when when a sports journalist is reporting on it, chances are they've heard it from an owner anyway. So whether it comes from the owner's mouth or a journalist's mouth, it's all kind of the same. I, I think the biggest issue, and I'm sure Charlie Metton's in his ear all the time about this, is the PR. You know, he's already said he's very optimistic of getting two strikers today doesn't necessarily look like that's going to happen. He's liking Will Grigg pictures or posts or whatever. I think the only then is that and they feel like they can't believe things he says and it kind of potentially ruins the... I think we might have lost you there slightly, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> repeat that again. The, Re- no, I think that to again, suggest we, that... We've lost, we've lost you, mate. We've lost you. Sorry. Jack, you've gone. Well, that's <laughs> no, you sound you sound like a robot at the minute. So we'll swiftly move on. Just just see what I, I don't. We we can't hear you properly. Don't know what's going wrong the there. Room. Anyway, you 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 made a really good point about um. Or uh, one of you uh, made a really good point about Sam Sturridge. Uh, Sam Sturridge, sorry. Um, Callum Wilson got an injury yesterday. Um, do you think that potentially that could have been what the issue was with? With the Premier League loan, because there was rumours, wasn't it? And I think even the, I think it was even the Echo, wasn't it? Who who mentioned it was a possibly storage storage. Sorry, um, do you do you think that do you think that could have been possible, though, or do you, or do you think we should have been a little bit more ahead of the game with bringing sort of players in, Jimmy? What do you think? It's hard to say. I mean, obviously, we've now got Sterling, who's come <laughs> in and. Reports from Tottenham are quite high. He obviously got a run out due to their injury crisis in the FA Cup. Without knowing too much about Surridge, I'm happy enough that that Sterling's come in. But you do wonder whether those other factors have affected us with Grigg, who's been our number one target all along, has Wigan's poor form pumped into a price we can't afford. I mean, yeah, Surridge is obviously more proven than Sterling, but it's hard to get upset about loan players from the Premier League. I mean, Sterling's obviously unproven in men's football and you maybe wouldn't want that before, but he's come from Tottenham who have a record of sort of keeping their best prospects close to the first team squad and being reluctant to loan out players. So that mightn't necessarily be a problem. I mean, it's it's frustrating what's happened with the striker situation and you do feel, considering what we knew about Madger and how there was always a possibility he'd leave this window, they should probably have done more to be in a better position than we are in now. But it's hard to be too harsh because we we don't know whether or not Tom Eaves or or whoever's in there getting the medical right now with, with Donald keeping stuff close to his chest. It's hard to draw too many conclusions before the deadline. It's it's concerning. I'm a, I'm a bit worried, but I'm willing to give the club the benefit of the doubt before sort of the post-mortem that will inevitably happen if we don't get another striker in. I think it's quite difficult, isn't it, Danny, when you think about it as well? Um, I mean, to both to both of you, sorry, to, to Danny and Jimmy and, and Jack, unless he's he's completely lost. Um, but the 
it's difficult to make an assumption on this window when we've still technically got an hour and 44 minutes, to be precise, left of it. Because for all we know, there's there's someone in there getting the medical right now that could be, say, Will Grigg. <clears throat> and then there's your replacement. And then Sterling suddenly does not like a bad replacement for Sinclair. You've got Lewis Morgan and you've got Grant Ledbetter and you've also got Jimmy Dunn um, over the January. That, that looks great. It's disappointing to lose Madger. But the problem we've got is we're currently in that phase where it's looking like a bad window because we haven't replaced Madger. Um, we've lost our top scorer. But someone someone raised a really good point before. And forgive me, I can't remember who it was on, on Twitter, but someone raised a really good point. Um, and I don't know what you think, Danny, but they said, you know, six months ago, we didn't think Josh Madger was up to it. So what's to say Sterling's not? Um, what Do you think that's kind of an overly, overly optimistic view, Danny, or what? It is optimistic, but you do have to give the kid a bit of a chance. I mean, when I saw the tweet that Sunderland had signed Kaziah Sterling, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. But again, it comes back to that frustration that we need that main striker who's going to get the goals. It's an unknown quantity. You don't know what you're going to expect. And is he going to fire Sunderland up to the championship? You can't definitively say yes or no. As Sunderland fans, we do need to give him a chance to have that opportunity to prove himself. I mean, he can't be much worse than Sinclair, who, in effect, he's a replacement to. It's just a, it's just a wholly frustrating situation that our January transfer window is wholly dependent and going to be defined on who we sign as a striker. Because prior to all that, I think we've, as a club, had quite a good one. Jimmy Dunn, he's got an exceptional resume, I'd say, so far as a young mm-hmm. kid. Grant Ledbetter, he's quite possibly going to be one of the best centre midfielders in the league we're in. Lewis Morgan, he adds <clears> so much pace, excitement, a, a, something we didn't have beforehand. He's got that kind of directness and he gives us competition. We were getting stale with Maguire, McGeady and Gooch. And then Sterling, if he is that fast-paced, kind can play on the wing, can play up front. It is a good window it's just it is a shame that we're gonna define this window on who that main striker is because imagine leaving yeah completely um and and just to kind of stay on topic with what i was saying just there about <clears throat> Madger, Madger totally stepped up to the plate 100 percent. i mean who would have said that he would have been a bordeaux six months ago i don't think anyone could have guessed that um and at the start of the season we were seeing sort of similar stuff we we need that striker we need that league one striker that can score goals and the, the obvious the obvious thought was Charlie Wyke. Eventually that was kind of drawn out in a similar way to the way Will Grigg seemingly is or, or isn't being drawn out with. Um, and, and we got him. Unfortunately, he's had, he's had those injuries which just totally scuppered any part of Charlie Wyke really progressing at maybe the, the speed we need him to or want him to. But but Jimmy, what's your thoughts on Charlie Wyke as a, as a player and, and for the future for, for Charlie Wyke as well? I just think he's the most interesting person in the squad at the moment because there's that huge question mark over him. I'd love to be a fly in the wall in sort of solo meetings that Stuart Donald, the recruitment team and Jack Ross will have had this week discussing new strikers and where they think Charlie White's at. I mean, is this guy still seen as someone that's good enough to fire us out the league? How concerned are they with his performances in the last month? How good do they think he is? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I I saw him against Charlton. He was great in the first half, terrible in the second. 
I was uh, I was I was really frustrated of how he played against Luton, against Blackpool. He was pretty good. So like we've seen flashes of the player there, but to me, I have no idea whether or not he's going to be good enough for us. And it's he's just he's the big question mark because if you think about how little he's played, he was supposed to be the main striker, and he's now back to fitness at the same time Madge's gone. It should be as simple as plugging him in in Madge's place and. We've witnessed over the last month that that's absolutely not the case or it hasn't been yet. And I'd just be fascinated to know what the feeling is around the club as to whether or not it's a fitness problem or a talent problem with Wyke at the moment. Because if he can get going and replicate his Bradford form, then whoever the second striker is might be an irrelevance because we've got enough depth in other places that if Sterling's okay, Maguire can play up front for a bit. If White can step up, then it makes this conversation, if not redundant, then a lot less important. So I think he's he's the big X factor for Sunderland over the next three to four months. And I'd just be really interested to see whether, having watched his poor performances, the club have lost faith in him or not. But it's, I think, yeah, he's he's obviously like the key person that decides our season to an extent depending on what happens in the next two hours do you not think with, with Charlie White though and again maybe I'm being a bit nice to him here but do you not think that just the way we play doesn't really suit him like I mean he, he's kind of that centre forward that attacks a ball coming into the box and Lyndon Gooch does about 50 step overs per cross um Aidan McGeady's Aidan McGeady um and and then you've got uh, Chris Maguire, who's of similar ilk, and it seems to take an age for us to get stuff into the box. And and I don't particularly mind the three aforementioned players, um, but when it comes to the strengths of Charlie White, it doesn't really sort of fit into the way that he plays. Like for example, if he's if he's wanting to attack a ball, he's kind of sitting waiting in the box. I mean, I watched him against Luton a few times, and, and you know it is frustrating because he's had some chances and he's missed them, um, namely the. Ones against Charlton, I sort of remember that open goal against Luton as well, which was probably more difficult than it actually looked. But um, I just feel a little bit like he kind of seems to be like hanging around the box for like an absolute age. And by the time the ball comes in, he's he's kind of having to make this huge leap on oh, what's relatively a, a pretty poor ball in the box as he's standing still. Would we not be a little bit more beneficial, maybe just getting the ball in faster to him, like firing a few diagonals in from like from deep or something like that? Or do we? Is that changing our style of play too much? I mean, I don't know if you're still with us, Jack, but but what do you think? I think I'm still here. Um, you are. I, I completely agree, but then you have to wonder, you know, those wingers have been our key players really so far this season because of, you know, White not firing. And it's kind of cause, a, cause and effect. Maybe Ross is saying to them, well, don't waste time putting crosses in the box, you know, take a shot, take a shot outside the box. That's how we've been scoring. So... This is also something that worries me when we're linked with someone like Tom Eaves because he's very similar to White. So are we going to like switch up the way we play all of a sudden or are we just going to keep making the same mistakes and the same kind of predictable play that I think is kind of the reason we've been stagnating a little bit recently. And maybe that's why someone like John Marquis or Will Griggs are potentially a better option because they're more ball-on-the-floor kind of poachery type players, a bit like Major was. Yeah. I don't know what you think of that. What, what, what do you think, Danny? What, what's your thoughts? I agree in a way that we're not really playing some style of Wyke. Um, you, you are correct when he says it takes us an age to get the ball into the box. It's more of a get the ball to the right-hand side, overload the right-hand side. We've got two people, normally 
McGeady and Maguire who kind of hold on to the ball rather than going direct. And by the time they decide to move forward with it, all their defenders are back and you're trying to get the ball to a lone striker who isn't really going to do anything. Um, I think potentially we're over-expecting what we're going to get from Charlie White. He only scored 15 goals last season in 40 appearances. Put that into perspective, Josh Madger has 15 goals already this season. He isn't going to be that guy who's going to score tons of goals for us. So maybe the odd goal here and there might be a bit more what we're after. I mean, I was at Scunthorpe two weeks ago. Is it two weeks ago now? And yeah. he came onto the pitch and he changed the game. We had people to the side of me all booing him, saying, oh, why are you bringing him on? Why are you bringing him on? Why are you taking Maguire off? And we would have lost that game if Charlie White did not come onto that pitch. He changed us. He got us upfield. And we would have won the game if it wasn't for a scorcher. So, yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that, actually. I think I think I was actually quite impressed with Charlie White at Blackpool as well. Um, obviously, with Madger then, but that was one of Madger's best games down at Blackpool and obviously scored again. But it, he seemed to have a little bit more freedom um, with Charlie White. But that, that's the thing, I suppose, isn't it? Charlie White is a good option to get, hopefully, like eight to ten goals towards the end of the season. But you also need someone who's scoring the way that Josh Madger's scoring as well. Because if you don't have someone scoring the goals like Josh Madger was. I mean, take out Josh Madger's goals, where would we be? Um, do we do we really have anyone else in that team that's capable of even scoring 10 goals? Because that just, there's no one off the top of my head that I, I can really think in that squad where I think, well, that's where goals are going to come from. But but then, you know, Lewis, Lewis Morgan scored an awful lot for St. Mirren last year. And I've watched a little bit of championship football in Scotland and it's not, it's not amazing. No offence to it, but is it that different to League One? I mean, let, let's assume worst case scenario here, right? And, and at the moment, we're at worst case scenario because we haven't we haven't signed that striker to replace Josh Madger. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? What will happen if if this is it? What where do you see the goals coming from if this is it? Do we need to change our style of play to suit Charlie White so we can have the hope that he is going to score the goals that we thought he would at the start of the season? My one thing with the sort of change in our style of play for Charlie Wyke is it, this is a bit of an unfair comparison, but it all feels a bit 2011 Liverpool with the we're going to sign Andy Carroll and Stuart Downing's going to cross the ball into the box for him. I kind of feel like football's moved on from that a bit. I kind of feel as if teams are creating chances in smarter ways. Teams are looking at different ways to play and just lump it into the big man just feels a bit archaic to me. I'm not I'm not obviously we should be a bit more direct. We need to look at sort of changing the aspect of our attack. But I don't know if, especially the way teams sit deep against us, the way they let our centre backs have an age on the ball. I don't know if that's the answer. I mean, I agree with Danny that he played well when he came on against Scunthorpe. I actually think he's played quite well in short bursts. I mean I thought he was very good in the first half against Charlton and then just awful in the second. And I feel as if Jack Ross hasn't done him any favours by keeping him on for 90 minutes in our most recent games. I was crying out for him to be subbed against Luton for Kim Pioca and Ross obviously didn't have the confidence in Kim Pioca to do that. But in terms of sort of changing our system and changing our attack, I think the bigger problems, McGeady and Maguire playing off a striker, I think they're too similar they both play at a similar pace. And because they both like getting the ball in front of defences, it's made us a bit too predictable 
to play against. So whether we look to go to 3-5-2 again, now we've got three competent centre-backs, or whether with Honeyman coming back into the team, we've got more people that are willing to make runs into the box and occupy defenders, whether that's going to be the change of dynamic that means we create more chances and see McGeady maybe scoring more often, maybe Morgan's going to come in and be a goal threat. I think something has to change. I'm not sure whether it has to be solely built around White. I'm I'm more concerned about sort of sorting out what's going on behind our striker and working out how to reconfigure our forwards and yeah, make maybe making Maguire sit out for a bit, maybe making Gooch sit out for a bit and trying to create more chances that way. I wanted to ask um sort of Jack, if if your connection's alright, so it was alright before, but um <laughs> A few years ago, we had a young lad called Duncan Watmore that was playing regularly for the, the England under-21s alongside Jordan Pickford. Um, in reference to Duncan Watmore, pe- people seem to have, I wouldn't say instantly wrote him off, but people don't seem to think that he could be someone that could score goals. Now, two two years ago, he was not scoring regularly, but he was... He was part of a, a really good front three that seemed to be dragging a really shit football team as it was at the time around December, maybe out of the relegation place. And we'll never know because he got that injury. And of course, so did Victor Nietzsche and of course, David Moyes. But do you, do, you, do you not think, Jack, that Duncan Watmore has got more to offer and we're just starting to see him come back to fitness because he's, he's only been back about a month or something, hasn't he? I completely agree. And I think that we, we were probably having a very similar discussion last season when he was on his way back and really pinning our hopes on him. But I think the risk is we're nowhere near comfortable at the moment in terms of automatics. And, you know, if things get worse without Madger, potentially not even in playoffs, we're, we're scrapping for playoffs. And he could have another reoccurrence of that injury. He could have fitness problems. He's still not looking quite much fit. I think it's it's unfair to pin so much hope on him. And I think that he, he could offer a lot, but so far, what, what we've seen, he's not at his best yet. I mean, he got that goal against Man City under-23s, but it was it was under-23s. And um, I think he, he's probably best as an impact sub for now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think maybe so. Maybe you're right with the, the pressure side of things. Just, just whilst I'm sort of with everyone, for the people who are listening, there's 1,048 of you, crikey. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, um, keep them clean. We are live. Um We'll try our best to answer them if, if we can. Um, I, what, I'm going to do a bit of a roundtable here. I'll, I'll go to, to each one of you. Um, I read that list of players out before. Will Greg, Ladabo, Savage, Winnell, Eves, Cummins, Marquis, Evans, Karoma, Walker, Mason and Cook. Some of them linked more heavily than others. But um, first and foremost, I'll go to Jimmy. Jimmy, if you could sign anyone out of that list, who would have been your target? Who would have been your number one target? And who would you hope is still going to come through the door at the stadium? Right? I'd probably go Greg. Um, it's tricky. Maybe Marquis. Um, I think both of them have a really credible, proven goal scoring record at this level. They're both, yeah, like you said, foxes in the boxes, which is kind of what Madge has been. He's been so prolific and deadly inside the area. They're maybe the two most capable of reproducing that they're both at a decent age I think they're both under 28 so they're two yeah I'll go for those two and what about you Jack who would be who out of that list of players that would be linked to or even someone outside of that list who who would be your choice for coming in the stadium like those and and why I think to begin with Will Grigg was definitely my favorite I think it captured the imagination straight away it's a real statement signing he's got a good song 
and a really proven League One record. But we've got to think beyond now as well. And I think Marquis, 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 I don't know, but he's potentially the best of both worlds because he's got that proven League One record, but he's also not had too big a chance in the championship. He's a little bit younger. He'll probably be quite a bit cheaper, I think, than Grigg. So I think for me, he's he's probably the best bet at the moment. He's fit and firing as we speak. We don't need to wait for him to I think, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty solid option. And what about you, Danny? Who who would have your choice been from the list or outside of that list? Chucks and Eck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've all been, I haven't shut up about Chucks and Eck for the last week or so, but it, seriously, him. But Will Grigg probably would be the standout. I know he's injured for another week, two weeks, but proven quality in the league. He scores goals, but well, it's not going to happen, is it? So. <laughs> Nobody thinking Sam. I mean, I'm, I I actually quite like the idea of Sam Winnall. I wouldn't have thought of it before he before he came in. But what was his record? Thirty and seventy or something when he was at Barnsley, which is not it's not unreal. It's not amazing, but it would do it would do until the end of the season, wouldn't it? The thing with Sam Winnall is he is in the exact same boat as Duncan Watmore. He's just coming back from an LCL, ACL injury. So is he really going to be up to speed? Straight away, is he the striker we really need right now? Probably not. He'll probably flatter to deceive just because he hasn't played football for nearly a year. So go one or two ways. So if you look at Paddy McNair, he did his he did his knee and he came back like a different person, didn't he? He was scoring like thirty five yarders and that against Redden, whereas previously he was quite quite invisible. So I I mean you know what it feels the big worry for me, and and, and I don't know what any of you think. Um, I'll, I'll go. To, I'll go to Jimmy, but I don't know what you think. But I feel a little bit like this approach has been a little bit too scattergun, and um, I'm, I'm not massively comfortable with that because it doesn't feel like there's been a massive amount of thought put into it. Am I being too harsh with that, Jimmy? Do you think it's yeah? I, I really don't know. I mean, I think the league we're in, the pool of players we're after is quite a small pool of players. So the fact that, like Jack said earlier, it looks like we're going down the league one top scorers list doesn't surprise me. So it's, it, I'll give them a pass on that. The thing that concerns me a bit more is just the last minute nature of it. It's just, I, I can't remember sort of a deadline day. You're, you're sort of the expert with Sunderland Graham. So you'll know this where it was this last minute where it was this late on and you're like, Oh shit, we're in, we're in trouble. If we don't get the signing in now, I can't remember it being this chaotic and I'd mm-hmm. sort of, I'd be quicker to criticise the the sort of the owners and the, and the transfer team for that more so than the fact that we're looking at this list of endless players because to an extent that's always been the case. It's just their League One guys rather than random Championship guys or guys you've never heard of from Spain or Italy. So I'd, I'd give them a bit of a pass on that one, but it's it's just the last minute nature of things that's got me panicking here. Do you think collectively, as a as Roker report, do you think collectively, if we'd just gone and shouted at some of the companies that Stuart Donald owns, we might have just signed someone decent? Because apparently shouting at shops works for record signings these days. Well, it's scientifically proven, isn't it? So I think it's the logical, rational way to go for grown men. What what if we what if we just took it to the, the House of Commons instead if we didn't sign Will Greg? Do you think that would pass or <laughs> Well, I, I think at a time when people are, you know, using food banks and stuff, it's definitely worth an MP's time to ask a company to spend millions of pounds securing Premier League players. I'm 100% on board. I, I agree completely. 
be, I think, you know, the most important thing is a successful football team for the, the region because that's all the region cares about. Um, but anyway, I think everyone sees the point we're trying to make here. <laughs> but, um, have we had any questions yet? Okay, so it's a question from Simon X. Uh, I don't know if he's any relation to Malcolm. Um <laughs> But he he asks. Terrible. <laughs> he, I know, I know, I know, I know. Terrible. I, I'm I'm not a comedian. I'm not even. I'm barely a host, let alone a comedian. Um. But but he asks, are we confident of getting a second striker, Jimmy? We have to be. We have to be. Whether it's blind hope or not, we we have to be confident because I'm very very fearful of the uh, Charlie White, Keziah Sterling firing us up the league so we have to be hopeful I mean Stuart Donald's sort of been working away he's gone radio silent I'm I'm, I'm keeping the faith that they've smuggled Tom Eves into the Stadium of Light and no one's noticed or, or someone of that level there's someone uh, on Twitter which I haven't been keeping an eye on sorry lads I'll, I'll keep an eye on that um, from Jay Hunter-Smith um, so just to kind of fire this one at Danny he says would you take Sam Winnell at this rate I'm guessing he means at this late stage for me ideally I'd prefer Marquis but I can't see that happening um would you take Sam Winnell at this at this stage yeah Danny sorry I think yeah <laughs> we need someone who can who has scored goals in this league um Wednesday fans apparently love him so he's got pedigree he did all right at Derby last season my only concern over him was obviously just his ACL um if we got him in, then at least we've got a striker and we know he can score goals in League One. So I would definitely take him at this point, but I don't know what's going to happen. It's scary. Very, very scary. Yeah. I, th- I think gradually, I mean, my, my dad's the most negative person on the planet. Like in, in every sense of the word, he's negative with everything. And from, from January the 1st, he was like, oh, my, just going and we're not going to get a striker and promotions. Nagged. And it's frustrating me because he's texted me today and the more he says the same thing he's been saying all month, the more it worries me a little bit because I'm like that bugger might be right for once. Um, but we're, we're talking what an hour and an hour and twenty minutes we are from assigning. Um, it, it, does anyone else feel a little bit like lost for words with that? I mean, Jack, what if if we don't bring a striker in here? It's it's it could seriously take out all of that sort of good work that we've done. I mean, you, you, well that they've done. Sorry, but. Um, what about free agent signings? I mean, I, I can't think of anyone who's a free agent. I don't know whether you can, Jack, but my my immediate thought process is um, Dar- Darren Bent. But um, is, is there anyone that's on a free transfer we could potentially just take afterwards? I I don't think so. Not not off the top of my head. I think there's there's always some knocking around. But you know, take Darren Bent for example. It will be someone who hasn't played for months. Is old. You know, it's a massive gamble. It's it's as big a gamble as taking a kid. Other than the fact that they scored some goals a few years ago, last time they had a club. I think in January, you, you're never a, a top a top striker for free. You're going to, as we found out. So what what do you think? What do you think, Danny? Do you think it's it's possible for us to to go the rest of the season and, and still get automatic promotion without any further signings? And, and how worried are you on a scale of 1 to 10 at the moment? If we don't sign a striker, I don't think we're going to get automatics. Um, but you never know, someone might step up, we might change our style of play. We've got a couple of kids now who have a bit of speed in them. We, we were a slow team. We always have, I think since Patrick Van Aanholt, we didn't have anyone with any real raw pace. And 
Joel Osorio, you might say, but he was still a kid last season. And now, yeah. all of a sudden, we might actually have a couple of players who might run at a play, uh, run at defenders, get us a bit further up the pitch with Morgan and Sterling. <sighs> I just hope that might be enough. And Charlie White becomes a striker we hoped he would be when we got him. I think a good question I wanted to ask is mm-hmm. um, when Stuart Dolan, Stuart Donald, Stuart Donald joined the club and he was talking about the transfers we were going to be targeting, he said mm-hmm. he wanted to buy players who would grow with the team and grow with us as we go up the leagues. Does anyone actually think any of the players, or mo- the majority of the players we've signed, can grow with us up the leagues? Graham Not- Lovins. <laughs> <laughs> not not really to the Premier League could some of this squad be part of a successful championship team I reckon so I don't think we're a million miles away from that from being better than say the bottom six or seven championship teams I think on paper we're we're level with that bottom six definitely I mean the Reading squad's a bit of an anomaly to me but I look at all the other teams down near the bottom of the championship and I think Okay, do any of them look like they'd be talisman people you'd build a championship team around? Not really, but I mean, you look at someone like Lyndon Gooch, and I know he's been terrible for two months, but that guy, the kid's only just turned, what, 23? So there's every chance he could improve, and for three or four months, he did look like a decent championship forward. It's hard to say. I think you look at that sort of Sheffield United squad, how many of them would you have said two years ago? Oh yeah, they they could lead a, a promotion race here. They could they could get you within touching distance of the Premier League. So I think if our culture's decent, if we end up with a more pronounced tactical identity, then then maybe there's a chance some of these guys could match the ambitions of the club. But but like you said, it's it's hard to look at people like a thirty three year old Grant Ledbitter and think oh. Yeah, this guy's this guy's gonna take us back to the promised land of the Premier League. There's a cracking question here. Sorry to totally interrupt from Ben said Scott. Um and I'm gonna go to um I'm I'm gonna go to Jack with this one actually. Having seen some of the reactions towards Stuart Donald with our January transfer dealings, do you think that the rotten core Gus Poirier talked about is actually the the the, the, the negativity that can come from the fans? I, I I think, well, that's a big question. I think I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's because Yiddland are bad fans or anything like that. I think it's because, you know, with everything we've been through in the last few years, you, you, you start thinking that it's normal for things to just go wrong. How many times have we been here on deadline day desperately hoping for a striker just for Dame and Doi to walk through the doors or something? I think it's... You know, you look at the reaction to the Kazaya Sterling signing on loan and people are angry about anything to do with him. It's just because we've been here before. We've had Ashley Fletcher, you know, we've had Danny Undoy. And it's almost like same old, same old. And I think it must get to the players, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I, I think uh, there's been... So, I don't know if it's social media, but like I actually... The only, the only social media I really use is Twitter. And... um. I, I normally quite like it in general. It's it's a good bit of crack, but when it gets nasty, wow, it, it can get really negative and really nasty. And I think I don't suppose we're the only football club that has that kind of stuff. But I think in the age of social media and the kind of people that are using social media, the the age of the people that are using social media at the moment, they're probably only used to something being absolutely shite. Like I I actually remember positivity. Like 
my first game was 93. So for me, like 1997, 98, Phillips coming in, Quinny having his Indian summer and all that sort of stuff. Um, that that was the most positive football and the most positive time to be a Sunderland fan, I think, in, in a long time, let alone just my lifetime. And and back then there was, there was no social media or anything like that. There was no way to talk about it. You went to the match with my dad, watched the game, would, we could beat anyone on our day. You'd come home and it, and it was brilliant. There was no, you couldn't, you, you seeped in the, the positivity sort of with each other in the bars and in the pubs and, and in conversation. And for me at school and stuff like that, I, I think we've been that bad for that long or we've, we've had like so many negative things happen as a fan base for such a long time. And at the same time, social media has become a thing. And I think people are just used to it going like going south, you know what I mean? Going going wrong. And it's difficult to criticize anyone who's critical of it. Like like I was saying before, my dad is so, so negative. But at the same time, when I say, Oh, why are you so negative? He's like, I'm just used to it, son. I'm used to it. I'm used to this. I'm used to that. And and sometimes I feel me being a bit like that. I feel like I can be a negative sometimes because of the past. I mean, the, the one time I believed again after the Peter Reed years was Allardyce. Then lo and behold, Roy Hodgson gets beat, Roy Hodgson and England, sorry, get beat off Iceland and, and that that's it done. Like my favourite player I've seen in years play for something, Jan Kirchhoff was made out of Watsits. Um, it's just like, it's, it, it, it is sometimes like a an endless run of negativity, but it does frustrate me that we're in this kind of era and I don't think Stuart Donald as a person can do much more. I have no doubt that he's trying. And I don't think anyone can doubt that he's trying to bring someone in. He's going to make mistakes. Like he's never, he'll probably never be at a club as big as this as a chairman either. And it's been such a big job, such a rebuilding job that he's had. I think there's got to be mistakes expected along the way. It would just be such a shame if this window is the thing that derails all that good work that he's put in at the start. Because I think he's hired a great manager. I think he's he's, he's doing so many good things. Um, he's really made Sunderland feel like a community for, for me again. And I've mentioned that countless times on the extra pod. Um, but again, I'm saying I hope it isn't. But my, my big worry is that, you know, potentially if a striker doesn't come in in the next hour and 10 minutes, understandably, there's going to be a whole host of negativity. But, you know, fingers crossed, we've got, we've got an hour and 10 minutes yet, lads. No one's nervous, are we? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been waiting for, for somebody just to say, oh, oh yeah, Keith Downey's broke it, we're, we're done. I, was, I kind of was hoping that we'd, have the, we'd be the ones with the good news to break, but it's not looking that way. It looks like it's going to be team number two, the other Roker reporters. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm st- I am admittedly starting to get really, really nervous with it all. Um, going to go through some sort of questions because I know you lads only have uh, ten minutes left, and then then we welcome the uh, Mr. Bromley on the on the on the pod and a few of the other guys as well. Um, question question here that's quite good um, from Martin Bates. He's listening to this in Toronto, Canada, um, which I'm sure is probably a bit more picturesque than where we are. Uh, can Kim Pioca step up and give us the goals if given more game time? What do you think, uh, Danny? As a straight no, I, d- I, I don't see it. Yeah, he's raw. He's got talent. It's not ready. I mean, he's the the thing I like about Kim Pioca, and uh, it's definitely something we haven't had in the squad. Is what well, I go back to what I was saying earlier. He had that direct pace. Defenders didn't know what to do with him. 
mm-hmm. but when he gets to <laughs> that fl- like that final cutting edge that little bit what you need just to be that quality striker I don't think that's there yet um not to say it won't get there but for where we are now what we need to do we need an experienced head up top to be our main man and Kim Pioca is not that man yeah, I, I, you know what, I like, I, I actually fully agree. I don't think, um, and I think it's way too, unf- I think it's way, it's completely unfair to to expect Benjamin Kimioka to be to be the man that can replace the goals. I mean, we none of us expected Josh Madger to be doing um as well as he did, but at the same time, he'd had he, he came on against QPR under the the Moyes era, who's in and around the first team squad there, and he'd he'd had Jermaine Defoe to learn from, like quite closely. He had. Quite a few games last season where he could, he had to deal with effectively the whole team had to deal with a lot of adversity. I don't think it would be fair to throw in Benjamin Kimioka because um, yeah, you just can't rely on an eighteen-year-old. I'd like to think so in time, but I think he needs a good few seasons yet. I definitely think he needs a good few seasons yet, like without a doubt. Um, question here. Um, oh, actually, um, Alan Nixon. Uh, Alan Alan Nixon is. Uh, some right, some wrong, isn't he, lads? He's he's not always. He, he, I think he gets some more wrong than he gets right. I used to think he got quite a bit right, but um, when the lads pointed out where he got it wrong and he gets it wrong quite a bit, but he's just tweeted Sunderland in capital letters trying again for Will Grigg. Nothing like a late drama. <laughs> Two scenarios out of this that we're desperate and we're paying over the odds for Will Grigg, and Wigan have said if you give us three million, you can have him, and Sunderland have said. We haven't got anyone else, so here's that three million. We'll get rid of Greg, or it is that last chance. Luna saying, "Wow, of ideas, this is our last help. Can you please accept what we give you earlier?" I think Wigan would be completely and utterly wrong um, to turn down three million. But where the hell he's got three million from, I don't know. If he's got three million, then fair play to him if he pulls it out the bag. I mean, I'm just speculating three million there. Obviously. Well, that's what they want, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's what they want. I think if we go back and say, mind saying that, I don't know whether we can because it's so late, but if you went back and said there's 2.5 plus 500,000 add-ons, if he scores 20 goals, 10 goals, it becomes worth it if we get promoted, I suppose, doesn't it? Um, but again, it's, it's Alan Nixon who, from what's been pointed out to me recently, is not always 100% right. Um, just before, obviously, I, I, I let the new lads in because I know you've only got seven minutes or so left. Um a question here from Jack Knight and he says with the squad we have right now as we stand um, what would your starting lineup be for Saturday I'll I'll throw that one to Jimmy and and Jimmy I think you also wanted to say something about Benjamin Kim Yoga so go go for both go for you wanted to say something about uh, Benji and then what would be your starting lineup for Saturday following that Spot on. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to mention about Kim Pioca is I do feel as if there's potential for more, that we could see more of him in the first team. Absolutely agree with the lads. He's he's not quite ready to be starting games, to take on that Josh Madger, start week in, week out, give us a goal every other game role. But I think that he's definitely a player that could step up, that could sort of come on with 20 minutes to go, that could just give us something else coming off the bench. And yeah. if worst comes to worst, I'd like to see him play a bit more in that role. Starting 11 is trickier. Um, I think you definitely want to bring Matthews back in at right back. McLaughlin goes without saying. I honestly, I have no idea who I'd start at centre-back. I have no idea if uh, maybe I'd go Baldwin and Jimmy Dunn. Um, 
nothing against Flanagan. He's just the most lightweight out of the uh, Baldwin-Flanagan partnership. So maybe I'll try out Baldwin and Dunn for the first time. Left back, Reese James. Holding midfield, Ledbetter. I'd probably play Parron Honeyman with him. Gooch on the right, McGeady on the left. Striker X or Charlie Wyke up front. What about you, Jack? What's your starting eleven for Saturday? I think probably exactly the same. I, I, I think I'd, Gooch maybe needs a needs a rest, needs some time out the squad. I'd maybe try Watmore and uh, Morgan on the wings. Just really stretch Wimbledon on the big pitch. You know, the complete opposite of their pitch at home, like we saw earlier. And then maybe try playing differently. You know, putting crosses in for White, playing to his strengths, and then maybe we'll we'll see a change in fortunes because I think beyond personnel something does need to change yeah I, I think so too I think um, we, we were talking between ourselves the other week about that front three um, and as much as there's that frustration that they don't get the ball in fast enough it, they are still three of our best players in, in my opinion but I think it would help if they had some competition and with Lewis Morgan there now as well I definitely think that that does that um, for, for the record for me I, I would probably go uh, it's got to be John McLaughlin in goal, hasn't it? And then I put Adam Matthews at right back. A hundred percent agree with Jimmy and and Jack on that. Um, it really depends where Brian Oviedo is, but I really want Brian Oviedo to come back because I think he's the best crosser of the ball in the team. And it'd be nice if he was on the he's pitch. Gone West Brom he's gone? Has he gone already? Or is that confirmed? I thought that was a done deal. We've got something on the site about it. So uh, check out Roy- Roker Report, Graham, and uh, you'll find out. <laughs> I'm not, not reading that shit. Um, <laughs> the note for the record. Um, no, 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 not for the record. Big fan. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, though. If I'm honest with you, I don't know if it's confirmed yet. I've been keeping an eye on that, but I think realistically he's going to go, and I think it makes sense for him to go. So I think you probably go with Rhys James as the only option there. Then you've got Jimmy Dunn, and then you've also got uh, I, I, I prefer Baldwin out of the two slightly. Um, in midfield, I think you've got to go Grant Ledbetter, um, probably alongside uh, Um And then you've got, I would probably I'd maybe play Maguire on the right, give Gucci a rest. I don't think it would be fair to throw Honeyman straight back in. So maybe you could have, actually, maybe you could have Maguire in the number 10. You could have McGeady on the right and you could have Morgan on the left. And then I think the only choice you've got up front at the moment, as we currently speak, is is Charlie White. I mean, God, imagine if Charlie White gets an injury. Imagine we bring no one in, and then Charlie White gets an injury. I mean, how much how much do you think the world would implode, Jimmy, if that happened? Sterling's got it. He's got it. He's the new manager. Sterling <laughs> Sterling's going to score a hat trick against Wimbledon, and all will be well in the world. Um, the one thing I'd say, Graham, is really you'd keep the Maguire McGeady let's dribble around for 10 minutes dynamic going. You'd, you'd have them both there playing near each other. I've got a soft spot for Chris McGuire. I can't help it. I, yeah, he's, yeah there's, there's lots to love about him. I just, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm bored of watching players not want to run into the box. Like, I'd rather see Lukio 9 off a striker than Maguire just to give us something a bit different. But I'll let, I'll let Danny give his team. I'll, uh, I'll drop out and let's hear what, he, what he's got to say. I think the back four was pretty set. McLaughlin, well, about five. McLaughlin, James, Olga, Baldwin, and Dunn. And then Matthews right back. I think he gives us a little bit more going forward. Um, Ledbetter starts. I think he'll put probably power with him. 
but I I'd be tempted to say Ledbetter Honeyman because I think Honeyman's a lot better a bit further back not in that cam role and then I'd go Wyke up front with Watmore alongside him with Gooch and McGeady on the wings I think we're all more or less kind of in agreement on that to an extent aren't we but um I'm going to thank you very much for, for coming on, lads. Um, thanks very much, Jimmy. Have you had fun? I have had fun. I have had fun. Um, can you ask the boys what Lewis Morgan's like? So I'd be interested to hear that because I don't really know too much about him. But yeah, it's been great fun, Graham. Um, cheers for having me on. I'll be listening. Absolutely not a problem, my man. And Jack, thanks for coming on. Have you had fun? I have. Uh, Luton Town's cyber warfare team have been trying to keep me down here with the Wi-Fi, but uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Luton sabotage and bloody everything, eh? <laughs> and promotion included. And, and last but not least, Danny. Are, are you staying with us, Danny? Uh, I don't think so. I think we've got everyone now, so... Right. All right, fair enough. Well, I, I, I'll let you go. I don't want you to go. I'll be honest with you. I want you to stay with us. I want you to stay with me. But if I have to bid you farewell, mate, I'm going to well, have to bid you farewell. I'll, I'll leave that open for anyone. But, yeah, um, <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been fun. No. Um, Let's hope in the next hour, well, 59 minutes, we get that man. It doesn't Brings look us a Will Grigg, eh? Yeah. No, I'm going in with positivity. Will Grigg is going to be here in the next hour. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. I promise you. We have you. to stall. We have to stall. Mr. Yes. Transfer, transfer deadline, um, Connor Bromley, he's having a bit of an issue, isn't he? <laughs> oh, is, it, is, Connor having, is Connor having a problem? Hi, part-timer. <laughs> Oh, we've got Johnny here though. Johnny, how are you doing, mate? Are you well? Johnny? Not right, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll stall for a tad and we'll answer some you questions. There? Oh, Johnny. Johnny, you here, mate? How are you there doing? You are you well? Great. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I think I don't know where Connor is. He's he's uh he's I can he's, see him on, but it's on mute. He's as uh, muted. I I Connor, if you press if you press the button that doesn't say mute me, you come in. You're meant to be dead good at these podcast things, but nonetheless, leave, leave it as it is. Take yourself off mute, Connor. Press press the non-mute button. Anyway, let's let's answer let's answer some questions. I'm gonna answer one. Right, let's pick one out of nowhere. What we got? What we got? So we have uh, uh let's have a look through YouTube. Um <laughs> Uh, question for the stream, uh, same one as before. As you can see, ever the professional here. I'll tell you what, um, there's a little snippet that Moisa could still leave Bristol City tonight on loan. Do you know what? I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely like I, I cannot understand why we never went for him. It was a, we did a full, we did a full sort of chase for him in what was it, July. Stuart came on our, on the, our podcast, chatted about the bid we put in from. We offered one point two five million, and now he's available on loan. Why? Why are we not going for that? Like, I cannot understand that. I was really surprised that he he wasn't in and around. And uh, of all the strikers we've been named to, he would have been the one I would have thought would have been one of the first to come along the doors. And and also that lad from Brighton. I, I don't know how how well known this is, but as far as I'm aware. We we were actually really 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 close. I think in the summer to signing Victor. Oh, I can't pronounce his name, but Victor Guriakares. I think his name is Swedish, a young Swedish lad. Um, and I'm surprised we haven't gone in for him as well. If we're looking at Premier League loans, but talking about questions, we've got someone called Lachika. 
Um, so I'll fire this straight at you, Johnny, since it's just me and you at the minute, I think. Yeah. Think... I'm think... back. I'm here. Oh, Connor, Connor, lad. How are you doing, mate? Hi, you well? Connor. I'm good. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good. Old Con Brom. You had that hair transplant yet, mate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saving the move to take. <laughs> no, never... I've, I've had my tea. I'm not on the loop. I've got no idea what's been happening. I know that we're apparently signing this guy from Spurs, and uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Have we got anybody else on the, in the, on the way? No, no mate. Um, we're signing... No one, I don't think. Um, if I'm honest with you, but I'll tell you what, Connor. Right, since you've just come in, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire a question right at you. We have just apparently put a big in for Will Grigg again. Um, whether we want to match his price or that, I don't know. But there's a question for you anyway. So I was gonna fire it at Johnny, but I'm gonna fire it at Connor. Um, it's from Mo Megan. No relation to Chris. Um, do you think that not having the piss taken out of us approach to acquiring new players? will come back to bite us on the arse? It's uh, a good question. I apologise for my microphone quality if it's bad. Um, I mean, I think if a million pounds was the price we were quoted three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and we didn't pay it, uh, I think we'll look foolish right now. I think it has maybe come to bite with um, in the arse. But, I mean, I'm waiting to see what happens with the deadline. I'm still kind of holding the hope that a big signing will come in, so I don't want to jump the gun too quickly. Um but yeah, it is it is frustrating. I think it, it might come to bite with, um, certainly, but I'm just hoping to God that it, it doesn't and we do get somebody in. Can we not can we not just ring Stuart and see what the hell he's up to? Well, he did text us before to organise a podcast. <laughs> When's that? <laughs> it should be Saturday. Should be set what before the match? Before the match, yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, there's always something to get off his chest, isn't it, when he when you get those texts. I hope it's good things he's got to get off his chest. I hope it's not like an hour-long rant he's got about how Will Grigg ruined his January for him. I mean, if we've gone back in for Will Grigg, if that rumour's true, Johnny, right? If it's true that we've put that bit in for Will Grigg, do you think we've basically just gone, oh, shit, we should have just paid that money. We can't not sign this person here. Um, we might as well just pay what we've got to pay, three million if we get promoted. It'll soon be forgot about how much we paid. What, what do you think, Johnny? Do you think we need to just kind of... As Mo Megan put it, bend over and, and kind of accept that they want three million and, and that's what we're paying or, or allegedly paying. Well, I think like, you know, they're talking about this uh not getting the piss taken out of us kind of thing. And um I don't know, I mean, like if that's the case, then why have we took so long? If we don't want to we don't want to pay this price, okay, let's move on. You know, be quite stubborn about it. But it seems like we're, you know, doing what we can ask rather than doing what's on our terms. It feels like Mm-hmm. Um, we want to pay this price, but like, no, we want you to pay this. And we're like, uh, uh, okay, okay, fine. We'll do it. Cause you know, there's an hour left and all this stuff. Um, so we've made it quite difficult for ourselves, but as you say, I feel like we've put ourselves in the position where like we have to bring Greg in now, no matter what, because otherwise we're not going to get anybody who spent so long trying to get them to then suddenly go, actually, no, we, we can't afford that or whatever. It's probably, uh, it'd look bad on us really. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I suppose in a sense, right? I I, I quite I, I don't mind us so much if we pay if we pay three million for a great guy. It's not ideal. Not if they wanted like from what I was told a million quid a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we've we've potentially lowballed them and they've got a bit cheesed off at how long we've talked to try and get the transfer over the line and so on and so forth. But I, I think just because you pay three million for a player that you desperately need on the last day of the window. And you're paying maybe two. I mean, this is all hypothetical. 
and paying two million pounds more than what you expected to pay beforehand, does it necessarily mean that we're always going to end up doing that? I mean, I know clubs might expect it, but I, I don't think Stewart's going to suddenly just change his, his style of how he signs players. I don't think he's going to go, oh, well, that didn't work out that time. It's probably a learning curve for him to maybe pay a little bit more up front because you've got to think he's coming off the back of the Charlie White deal. And I think that was a, a hell of a lot of haggling as well. I mean, wh- what do you think, Connor? Do you think if we did pay sort um, of... Well, uh, oh, someone's gone. Uh, the oh, hmm? you've gone, you've gone, lads. Can you hear Connor? Can you hear us? All right. Hang on, am I here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I can hear you now. What happened to your mic, Connor? You sound wonderful. Yeah, I, I've switched out to my mobile. Oh, brilliant. Well, that's certainly better. Okay. Um, I don't know whether you caught what I was saying before, but I was talking about um, sort of having our pants pulled down over Will Grigg, potentially um, paying three million from or whatever it is. Um, I mean, we don't know if that's going to happen, but we're just talking about rumours. But a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he said, like, like what was it? Was kind of we weren't going to have the P taken out of us anymore. And but do you think by paying three million pounds for a player, getting them in the very last minute because we desperately need him, is going to change the way Stuart Donald thinks? because I, I don't it's it's a difficult one isn't it because it, it looks on the face of it like if they don't get a striker in like Greg or like Eves or like Marquez it looks like they've had you know they've failed at that big target they've lost Magia and it looks like they haven't replaced them sufficiently so I think questions will need to be asked I think maybe they were naive um, in this window but you know it is it's difficult to really to decipher because obviously we still don't know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, we're still an hour to go. Um, they might bring somebody in. And I'm just kind of holding hope that that does happen. But at the minute, the piss taking party. I mean, I think Sunderland have done well to stand firm. I think you, there is the urge to to blow maybe more money than what you wanted to. And if they stick to their guns, yes, it might make the squad weaker. But you know, they've still got Charlie White who scored 24 goals last year. I know people might not think he's the answer, but he, he is an option. Um, up front, and got what more? I think yeah. first goal. I feel like it'll be away almost. I think it'll be just that first goal. Like Erson's come back from his injury, um, and I think that might be enough. To, you know, start scoring regularly. Then just a comment whilst we're here as well. Um, someone's just tweeted at Tom Eaves and said, "Could really do with Tom Eaves." No, no, you still limit. Um, All right. So, Someone just tweeted at Tom Eve saying, "Could really do with Tom Eve tweeting a picture of him, a picture of himself sat at home with his feet up." And Tom Eve's just replied saying, "I ain't going nowhere, mate." So Tom Eve's is definitely not happening. And apparently, um, I think Mo Isa is apparently going to Charlton. So out my list here, it looks like the list is dwindling here. So Tom Eve's isn't happening. Sam Sturridge. Uh, Surridge, I will say Surridge. Surridge isn't happening. Freddie Ladapo isn't happening. Thank God Chad Evans isn't happening. Uh, Josh Coroma isn't happening. Stephen Walker went somewhere else today. So that leaves us basically with Will Grigg, John Marquis. Um, straightforward question, lads, and I'll go to Connor. Who do you think? Do you think we're going to get someone in, mate, or do you think we've? Do you think we've fucked it? <laughs> um, I'm I'm still holding hope that you know there is somebody going to come in, but I mean with 50 minutes to go to the deadline realistically 
I would say probably none of them will come in. That being said, the club have been tight-lipped today that sort of made a point of um, not letting any information slip. So for all we know, there could be somebody at the training ground right now. But, you know, it is getting frustrating with 48 minutes to go that we, we haven't nailed that that big transfer target that we were looking for. And it'll be interesting to hear um, the story of the day, I suppose. I, um, I, I actually ask you a quick question there, Connor, right? But... Um, obviously, we, we speak a fair bit, and I, and I know Stuart's quite conversational with you, and, and and you've you've spoke quite a bit over time. Now, has he texted you in the past couple of hours by any chance? <laughs> no, <laughs> just he literally hasn't. to say that he can do a podcast on Saturday. Um, that I haven't pressed him for any transfer speculation because obviously I know he's busy and um, probably work on that himself. No, I haven't heard anything from Stuart Donald. No text beyond. He's going to do a podcast on Saturday, and on Saturday, I'm looking forward to hearing exactly the story of the day because I presume it's been eventful to say the least. The amount of offers we've been putting in, um, and the fact he's keen to do it suggests to me that there is a, a good story uh, to tell from the day. So, yeah. you know, nothing from Stuart Donald. I, <laughs> I okay. wish I could uh, tell you something, but I don't have anything. <laughs> I hope I hope we hear nothing up until eleven o'clock because what what I'm actually hoping is that he's uh his phone's engaged and he's speaking to someone down at Wigan. But James Hunter has just tweeted that we've made a late attempt for Will Grigg. We've gone around all of the houses <laughs> and ended up back where we started. The only <laughs> question is whether their desperation is now greater than Wigan's asking price. Now Wigan's obviously let James Vaughan go today, which believe it or not, he is a striker. Um, and sure. they've also brought in Leon Clark. So they would be missing someone. But uh, I mean, if we're looking at Wigan's centre forwards, I think they could actually, if they lost Will Grigg, they're not going to be, they're not going to be super short on numbers. So potentially if we say, I tell you what, here's three million. We need him. Like, here's your cash. Sure up. Want him in. Um, I think that could potentially happen. But, like, have have we got... Do you think we've got enough time, Johnny, to bring anyone in now? I mean, is 45 minutes enough time? Or am I just being really, like, sceptical? I'm just uh, waiting for this, like, you know, 5 to 11, as, you know, people say, and be like, oh, we've got late news here, Sunderland. have got Will Greek. Um, I think, like, we've just been quiet. I feel, you know, maybe... I mean, I know the deals have to be agreed by 11 o'clock and then some deals go over that time. But like, so long as it's agreed before then, um, you can still sign players. Am I right in thinking that? Like, so long as the, the initial paperwork signing that. I think so. Um, I, I was asking that before. I was saying um, about the situation with signing players and because I was thinking about medicals and stuff like that because I'm thinking, how the hell do you get someone up from Wigan to do a medical? Do you just sit and wait around in Borough? Um, do you know do you know what this gives me really painful memories of though Yanam Vila on Instagram oh yeah. man like I, I, oh, I sometimes yeah. think this has been a horrible horrible transfer window right Connor but do you think there'll ever be a worse transfer window than than the tears of Yanam Vila at an airport in France <laughs> and he's tweeting that he was waiting for the call and nobody ever did yeah that was call him the thing is, the struggle with Sunderland is often want, getting people who want to play for Sunderland. And when you've got somebody who's so keen to sign for Sunderland, who then we just don't ring and don't try and sort the deal out. It, yeah, that was that was a horrible day. And I suppose that season was ruined, probably at that point, to be brutally honest. Oh, well, man. Um, Wigan's top scorers, you know, and it's like Will Griggs, uh, let's see, 
is Nick Powell, Will Greg, and Joe Garner all on four goals. Uh, Nick Powell has four assists with Greg has one. So it's like, it seems like Wigan divide their goals up. Like a lot of the t- players score goals. It's not as if they rely on one person. So even if Greg was to go, it would seem like they've still got other players who can get the goals for them. I, I, I'm sorry to completely interrupt here, but someone just probably made me laugh. Someone's <laughs> tweeted earlier and said that you can tell the lads from Roper Report stay up till four o'clock in the morning <laughs> playing World of Warcraft. And apparently, especially me, especially me. <laughs> um, d- d- just curiosity, lads, anyone in World of Warcraft? Nope. No. Nah, me neither. I've like, and, and kudos to anyone who understands this, uh, who understands that this this inside joke but i've got a, a calendar at home with naked ladies and everything um it's a burnt face man joke for anyone who hasn't seen it if you haven't seen it fair enough that is really truly showing my geeky geeky side at my age but no i don't play world of warcraft lads um unfortunately um i've never really delved into that kind of um that that world necessarily um <laughs> moving on from World of Warcraft and Yan and Vila. Um somebody has asked a very good question. Um in reference to Grant Ledbetter, who I'm chuffed is back. I know there's a few people that are not necessarily or, or weren't too enthused by it, but anyone who who watched the video of him coming out of the stadium and stuff like that, man, it was class. Like it was really class, and I think he's a really good player. I think he's got a lot of he's got a lot of ability, and I think he's got loads that he can bring to the club both as a, a player and as a person himself. Um, but someone said, where do you see, where do you see Grant Ledbetter fitting in, in terms of uh, the midfield? Like, do you think he, he sits deep with Catamore or a power? What, what do you think, Connor? Where do you think he's going to fit in? I think he's, he's probably going to be first name on the team sheet. I imagine. Uh, I think people, for some reason, have, decided that because Grant Ledbetter is 33 years old that he, he suddenly isn't good enough. But we're signing a player who's a capable championship midfielder. He's been in the Premier League recently. Um, his attributes, leadership, passing ability, uh, he's very tenacious. Certainly my memories of him when he was at Sunderland 10, 15 years, well, well, he left in 2009, didn't he? So 10 years ago. Um, was that? I think he's going to be a good addition. I think him, Max Power are likely to build up a good partnership. But I also think Dylan McGeoch, um looked very good against Man City the other week. I'm hoping that he can find the form that we were promised when he first came to Sunderland. And I think him and Ledbetter together might be the way forward. But I, I also, you know, sort of would like to see a, a power Ledbetter partnership. And then supposing Catamore Ledbetter as something that very, very aggressive midfield. I would say I mean, there's always that famous picture of Catamore and Ledbetter sparing up each other when Sunderland played Borough in 07 08. So yeah, we've got options in the middle. Um, lots of them and that's why Ethan Robson went out on loan which I think was a, a smart move even though I really liked him and thought he had something to offer bringing in Ledbetter probably meant that he was going to get limited play time so I can I can understand sort of why they did that but I'm, I'm happy with the midfield options and I think Ledbetter probably will be the first name on the team going forward um, Yeah I agree I agree completely like I think Ledbetter and Power I mean I'd go for Ledbetter and Power as well Um I don't know. I know you can't play Power and Catamore together, as far as I'm concerned. But um, Power and Ledbetter, give it a try. And then Power and Led, uh, Catamore and Ledbetter together would be uh, quite interesting, considering the last time. Well, you know they've been at each other's throats before, so it'd be interesting to see them work together as well. And I don't want to. Um, I don't want to to surprise anyone. But out of nowhere, you, you may have noticed Christopher Wynn has joined us. Chris, how are you doing, mate? Finally got in. How are you doing, Graham? 
What what were you doing? Playing Warcraft or what? Or? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't eating a pizza. That's a show again. Hope me show. <laughs> I didn't know I was live at that point. Before the record, I've I've held that in, and I've poured myself at least four Moretto and orange juices in the past hour and twenty, which is probably why I called uh, Keith Queef. Um, but there you go. You know, that's 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 live live podcasting for you, right? Um, so, Chris, what? Uh, Will Grigg, six-time lucky Sunderland have agreed to buy Will Grigg from Wigan. Whoa! Hot hot take, hot take, it's hot news. So Will Grigg uh, is actually on fire and he's headed to the Stadium of Light, which is, I hope someone puts him out before he gets there because we need him. Um, i tell you what, I've, I've noticed throughout this hour and 20 minutes, I'm definitely not going to be a comedian because um, my jokes have just not landed at all. Like, So Will Grigg then... Uh, are we, what, Chris, you've just came on. You've came on the pod. Um, by the by, the way, Connor, just actually before I go to Chris, where, where did that come from, mate? That's Keith Downey, Sky. Oh, from Downey. All right, what? from Queef Downey. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, that's just guy who's not Sunderland fan. What is he? He's a he's a six-time lucky fan, isn't he? Um, he is, yeah. Right, hang on, I've got it here. So, six time lucky. Oh, and he's put the little fire emoji as well. That's brilliant. Knee bother. Reet, okay. So, Will Greg, I think we've got to move on to that. And um, uh, that's that's really good news. So, I would assume we're paying the three million and we're just doing it. Oh, actually, you know what? Or we're maybe paying a little bit less. Um, so, Chris, straight to you, mate. Um, Will Greg, if we get Will Greg, has it been a successful transfer window? That's a good one. Um, I'm not sure. He's got a good record. I mean, you're talking kind of one in three um, at this level, but whenever I've seen him, I, d- I just don't rate him. I just don't think he's a... I just, I'm not sure he'll fit into what Jack Ross wants. Um, but then again, I'm not sure what Charlie White does. He seems to want, you know, from his centre and days, he likes someone to, to kind of um, put pressure on the opposition from, from up top and really start pressing from there. And I... I'm not sure Will Griggs that player, um, but if we're talking what we're talking 45 minutes away from um, kind of the deadline, then at this point I think I'll take it. Um, but but I've never been convinced about Will Gregg. I hope he proves us wrong if he comes and he signs. But I can't say I've ever been convinced by him. You've killed me, Buzz, mate. You've, on this. you've totally killed me, Buzz. I was, I was proper excited. I was pure like Will Grigg. He's on fire. He's coming up the ticks. Like, but now I'm depressed again. <laughs> Connor, what are you thinking, mate? Are you are you are you buzzing for a bit of Will Grigg? Yeah, I think Will Grigg's the perfect signing. He's proven goal scorer at this level. I think he's been top scorer three out of four years he's played in this league. If you want a guarantee of goals. He is a guarantee of goals in this division. And I know people are worried about, oh, can he do it in the championship? Well, do you know what? We're not in the championship right now. We're in League One. We need a goal scorer. I don't know what the, the finances are behind the deal. They haven't been released. But if it's cut, took them £2 million, £2.5 million, then, you know, I'm in some ways I'm glad that they've done it because it's a statement. You know, a lot of people have been questioning, you know, whether or not we'll have money, whether or not, you know, we've got the budget to do this kind of thing. And, I'm glad that they've been able to get a deal secure for Greg now. Obviously, now time's important. Can we get it done? I know we've talked a little bit about the paperwork before, but time is going to be of the essence. I don't know if Greg's up here in the northeast. I don't know if Greg's still down in Wigan. I'm not sure. So it's it's going to be an interesting watch this next 
you know, 35 minutes as to whether or not we can get this done. And I'm like, probably expecting to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to see that he was signed at about 3 a.m. There, that'll be the hope. But I think it's a great time. Greg's a goal scorer at this level. Um, so for me, it, it's no complaint. It's a brilliant move. It, and that sounds really like for the song. I'm really excited for that. I think it'll be meant. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah. as well. Because <laughs> it would be away in front of a few thousand lads fans I can see Will Grigg getting the winner there that, you see that's what I, that's what I quite like about Stuart Donald he hasn't just we've been talking about atmosphere for a while and, and we've been talking about the need for a better atmosphere and he's gone for a goal scorer that will bring a ready-made song that will improve atmosphere I mean I know an hour ago we were calling him an, an idiot and that he'd, <laughs> he'd messed up the transfer window and fucked it but in hindsight he's a bit of a genius isn't he what do you think Johnny uh, football is a fickle game, isn't it? You go from uh, <laughs> Kevin's awful. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just glad that he's finally uh, got what he, uh, you know, the player that he wants. Uh, he's been after the, he's been after Will Grigg since, well, probably the start of the transfer window, and uh, you know, he's finally got him. It took a long time, I think. We can probably were going to always sell, but just wanted to, you know, keep it till the last day because you know Charlie will always say Sunderland have a lot of money. And we're going to be like, well, if they've got a lot of money, then they can get this player no problem then, you know? And it's like, you know, holding back until we get to pay the money we want. I don't mean to interrupt you, Johnny, but we've got a female, <laughs> by the looks of it, according to Sky, um, which is weird. Um, the Sky reporting it's 1.5 million, which doesn't oh. really match up. Um, I mean, that's class, but I thought we'd bid that earlier. I wonder, um, I mean, I don't know whether you can shed any sort of light on this, Connor, just... You're the only person that's got his number, to be honest. Not that I'm angry at you or not. Um, but <laughs> um, I mean, what what from from what you from what you know, Connor? Like, has, has was the bid earlier one point five? So would it be one point five with add-ons if you were to assume? Uh, well, I mean, I suppose the numbers. I mean, uh, Kit Downey said that we paid. We were bidding roughly a million pound. We've done that twice. Um, mm-hmm. I heard one point five million earlier today as well. So. It depends on the deal structure, though, because if we were offering 1.5 million, but say that was 1 million, then 500,000 when we got promoted, or if we got promoted, um, maybe Wigan didn't fancy that. But if it was 1.5 million straight cash, then you know that's a better deal for Wigan and they don't have the worry of you know gold yeah. and all that. So I imagine it's probably the way the deal's structured. Because um, hearing Downey say that we'd had two offers that matched their asking price was strange. So I presume it must have just been the way that we, we structured the deals. So I imagine that is what the 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 difference is, is that we've probably offered to pay far more of it up front. Um, so mm. I presume that, but obviously I've not spoken to Stuart today and I think uh, fans of Sunderland and fans of this podcast should probably tune in on Saturday evening when uh, we'll probably air our Stuart Donald podcast. I think um, the, the, the big one, I suppose, with that is... One thing that's going to anger me about this this transfer window, right? And and I've been guilty of it as well. I've been guilty of it as well a little bit, I think, especially today. But we've all been stressing about signing the striker, making sure we get the striker in. Oh, they've messed it up. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know that. And if this deal goes through and it's all done and everything's done and dusted, we've been worrying about absolutely naught. And uh, like Stuart Donald deserves praise for basically getting if it's 1.5 million he just paid a bit more upfront he, he deserves praise for like standing 
I mean, Maggio only left less than a week ago, so it's not like we've had a point when there's been no centre forward. He's brought in Lewis Morgan, he's brought in Grant Ledbetter. I mean, to, if, if he brings Will Grigg in, it's gone from being a disastrous transfer window to being a, a cracking one because we've got replacements and we've improved because Lewis Morgan is someone I wouldn't have expected us to bring in. And I've seen him a few times. Obviously, I've, I've, I live near St Mirren's ground. I've been to see St Mirren once or twice when he was there. Um, and he's a bit small, but he's he's exciting, man. He, he, he's the kind of player that will get us off our feet. But but what what do you think, Chris? If he gets a deal over the line, how much praise do you think Stuart Donald deserves for this? If you can still hear me, Chris. If not, we'll go to Johnny. We'll go to Johnny. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, I think Sunderland fans have just been used to always this disappointment, like getting Meeker on transfer deadline day and all this thing. We're just not used to this chairman who you know is trying hard to get players in. I think he deserves a lot of praise for getting... Uh, someone like Will Grigg in because you know getting relegated to League One and then he's actually you know moving down a division as well to play for us um, you must see the potential there for Sunderland I guess if he wants to move down a division um, rather than playing against the big teams in the championship he was playing against you know Wimbledon and all those other teams um, and I think he knows that he's better in League One in terms of goal scoring uh, well I think it's just we should be grateful for the position that we're in considering last year when I know we're in a better league last year, but you know, players like the Jari and Clark. Lee Salt. Camp. Yes. Oh, oh, Camp. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like whenever I think of League Camp, it, just, it, it, it honestly sends shivers down the back of my spine. But I'll tell you what's quite funny about this. There's been, there's a few times when we've had deals this late in the day, but um, I'll throw this out because I'm, I'm the, I'm the Sunderland Wikipedia, and I? I seem to just remember stupid details. But Connor, can you remember the last player that we signed this late into the deadline that went so far into the deadline that actually it wasn't confirmed until afterwards? Do you remember that? Who that was, Connor? Ben Johnny. Oh no! We all close. Oh no! Ben Johnny was when he was signed of our city, wasn't it? No, Ben Johnny yeah, was with us. Yeah, I can't remember. The only other ones I can remember is like Andre Oshiver at Arsenal. Um. It, it was Mika. Oh, well, yeah. remember Mika? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't because he never played. But <laughs> no, he didn't, did he? No. Uh, I saw before that apparently we're going to apply for a two-hour extension to the um, the transfer deadline if the paperwork's in in time. So there's the answer to the previous question as to whether or not you can get an extension. Uh, we can get a two-hour extension. What? Um, how how long does it realistically take to put a deal through? Though I mean, I. I I've got no idea, me, because that Grant Ledbetter won't seem to take about a week. Um, obviously, I, I know it, it, we weren't under any pressure, but if you're on the clock, how long does it take you to get a deal through? Can you get one done in? Can you get one done in in sort of thirty minutes? Yeah, well, I think you can because it. it I mean, let's say it is two and a half hours. Um, I imagine Sunderland probably had somebody down near Will Grigg to do a medical because if you know you might be buying him and it might go late, you will have the people there to do it. That being said, they might not even run a medical. Um, he's injured at the minute anyway, so he probably wouldn't actually pass the medical. So it'd be interesting to see sort of how, how that plays out. Uh, but I think they can get it done. It's, it's about being creative, I suppose. I mean, they'll probably have an idea of what Greg wants to earn. They probably had an idea of his personal terms because you don't spend this long chasing the player if then he says he wants £20,000 a week and you go, well, we can't afford to pay that. So I imagine the personal terms probably won't be a problem. Um, well, as, as, you that, <laughs> as you say that, Keith Downey, Keith, Keith, um, you just just to confirm, quite a bit of work for Sunderland to do, despite a fee being agreed. 
Uh, oh. I didn't do this, man, Keith. The thing is, though, there's always going to be lots of stuff to do. I mean, if you're agreeing to deal at 20 past 10 with 40 minutes left of the deadline, there's going to be a lot of a lot of work to do. But if Sunderland want them, if Sunderland have put the offer in, then they feel they can get it done in the time. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't put the bid in. You'd probably hope that common sense prevails and that, you know, <laughs> we'll be given the time to actually complete the deal. Uh, hopefully we'll get the extension. If we get that, I presume we'll get it done. There's a, a few a few things being sent t- towards us, um, towards me. Um, apparently the the medicals under under uh, getting underway at the academy of light. I, I can't say where that's coming from, but um, I, I mean that. But I don't know. I don't know if I believe that because surely you do the medical in in Lancashire in Wigan, would you not? But Greg might have been. Up here. I mean, if Greg had an idea that he was going to sign, it's possible that he's been up here waiting for the the move. Um, I mean, we've seen that happen before. Do you remember Darren Bent had travelled all the way down to Birmingham with the expectation of his move? So, what's to say that you know Greg hasn't done the same thing? I mean, I think it's just interesting to sort of see this play out over the next few hours and probably into tomorrow morning to see whether or not it comes off. But for Sunderland, it's a it's a must. Like they must get it through. They must do all they can and all that power. I just feel sorry for the media team being there until stupid o'clock in the morning. Poor we Oscar, eh? Good job, though. Um, looking at elsewhere around the country, nothing else is, is happening either, is it? I mean, not that anyone cares, apart from Sunderland, obviously. Um, but... He's going to Crystal Palace. Any sort of, uh, if anyone wants to know like news, it's not Sunderland. Um, I think. Uh, Newcastle have gonna have let three players go. Jacob Murphy's gone to West Brom. Good twelve uh, million pounds spent there. That money that yeah. they never ever spend at twelve million. Now with Will Grigg, right? Let just to switch it on its head a little bit. Why why didn't we just if the offer has been um We've offered more up front, meaning that the money's there. Why, why haven't we just paid that a little bit more up front, Johnny? Why, why do you not think we should have just done that maybe yesterday? Why have we gone around every team in League One before we've gone back to who we wanted in the first place? Maybe just to see if we can get someone for a cheaper deal. Um, because, you know, we've got like the captain of Peterborough, was it? Uh, was uh, Baldwin's captain of Peterborough, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah, so 200, 200 grand for the captain, you know, and maybe they were thinking, oh, well, we'll probably try and get someone for under a million. Um, and just going around and saying, is any of you prepared to, you know, take a for under a million for your top scorers? Which was kind of a naive thing to do, I think. But maybe that's what it was. Like Will Greg was a bit more expensive, but they were hoping perhaps for a cheaper deal first. What What do you think, Connor? Do you think there's? Do you think we've done the right thing by not kind of blinking first, so to speak? Um, it's hard to know because you don't know how and we don't know how the negotiations have went down I mean it could be that we've offered the same deal twice and Wigan thought five hours ago that somebody else might come in for him and nobody has uh, there's all sorts of things that we can only speculate on and when it comes to a transfer I mean one thing I've realised from you know the podcast we've done with Stuart is how involved agents are how difficult it is to actually you know it's not like it's football manager where you just make a transfer and it's all done and it's happy days like in football you know it's, yeah, it's, it's not like that you know that the big transactions that big business deals and and you just don't know 
sort of what what's changed. Um, it could be that Wigan thought that they could get more money. It could be that Wigan thought somebody else might be leaving. There could be all sorts of things involved um, in the deal. And I think if if we can get Grig done at one point five million, and we're happy to pay one point five million, it's a great deal because he's a goal scorer at this level, and he's a about as sure fire a bet uh, as you could possibly have in this division. Do you think um, there's a really good point here as well? Someone just raising in, in our WhatsApp group there. Um, Max Power, we obviously wanted. And when it came to his deal, obviously he signed permanently. So obviously the deal was struck afterwards. But do you think there's a possibility that if we don't get over the line, they're just they're letting bring us in on loan and then maybe we'll, we'll pay the 1.5 at the end of the season? Connor? Um, it's. It's an interesting point. I would probably suggest not because, well, I don't know. I mean, why would you agree a transfer fee and then switch it to a loan deal? I don't see what the difference in time would make unless there's more paperwork behind a, a permanent deal than a loan deal. I suspect there'll be a permanent transfer. Um, it just, you know, if they've been working, they've pardoned it and they've agreed the 1.5 million fee, I couldn't see them not doing it as a, as a permanent deal. And also... You know, you, you've got to think as well where we're going to be at the end of the season. You know, if we didn't go up this year, could we really afford to spend 1.5 million on Will Grigg? Things like that they've got to think about as well. There's a couple of lads we've got from Wigan as well, I think. And because Chris is back, I'll include Chris in this question. Um, there's a couple of lads that we've now got from Wigan. You've got uh, Reese James, Max Power. So pres- presumably he was our first choice target, not because of his quality in front of goal at this level. But also, I'm, I'm assuming Jack Ross and Stuart Donald would have asked Max Power, Reese James, what his character is like. And presumably, he was a number one target because he fits on all all fronts. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think now we've got we've got quite a few groups within the squad who who know each other from from kind of different different places. We've obviously got the the people who've come down from you know the backroom staff and the, the goalkeeper who've come down from St Mirren and Lewis Morgan's joined who played under Ross at St Mirren, so they know what. Jack Ross is all about, and then, as you just said, with James and Power, and now Greg sign, and you, you've got that contingent from Wigan. So, I think it's good we've got that. We've got those two kind of quite large groups within the squad, especially after last season, where everything was kind of so kind of fragmented in the squad. There was kind of splinter groups all over the place. I think hopefully those two groups will help to to bring everyone together. Um, and, and I'm sure I'm sure the likes of Max Bauer and, and James might have had a, a part to play in, in either, you know, given given the Greg a nudge or or given the club a nudge. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll work out. You know, especially with Wigan's uh, success that they had with those players involved. Um, um, sorry, sorry to completely cut you off there, Chris, but we've just had a I've just had a text to here. Uh, I can't say where it's from, but um, Greg has been booked in for a medical. Um, he's on his way up to sign an initial deal just to get him over the line before the deadline. The deal with Wigan was agreed a couple of hours ago and it's been absolutely hectic at the, I'm, I'm guessing, the Academy of Light. The first stage of the medical will be completed tonight. The second phase early tomorrow, but he's had initial checks in Lancashire and it's looking good. Think there'll be one, and then the text says, think there'll be one for over the line too. I, I don't know what he means by that, but um, I, I can't say where that's from. But that that all looks very positive, Chris, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds good. Um, is that uh, is the one point five being confirmed, or is that still is that still up in the air? Sorry, said again. Sorry, bud. The, the thought, fee. 
Has the, has the fee been confirmed? Is it 1.5 million? Confirmed by Sky Sources. Um, I, I assume it's kind of like what Connor said. I, I assume the fee is just essentially going to be exactly the same as what it was previously. We're maybe just paying more upfront. But it, I, I don't know if maybe, like I say, I can't I, I can't see where the text's from. Well, Not to be all mysterious. Yeah, just it, it's not fair to say where it's from. But um saying he's on his way up to sign an initial deal. What do you think about, what do you think what that means, uh, Connor? Do you think it means like initially, like you could just get him on loan, just to get him over the line? Like what I was saying before? Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if it means, um, I, I don't know. I don't really know how the transfers work. I mean, by the looks of, I mean, because you've sent us over the, the message, it looks like it's going to be something that's agreed tomorrow. I don't think it'll be announced until tomorrow and um, the fact he's done his initial checks in Lancashire as well is like interesting that's pretty much what we said before that we would have somebody down there um, just in case this did happen uh, the text as well I, I presume it's alluding to the fact that there might be somebody else joining as well which is um, interesting I don't know yeah. if Dalen is Dalen still a goer is who? Dalen from yeah, there it is. Good luck to Kaziah Sterling, who has joined Sunderland AFC on loan till the end of the season. That one's just been confirmed from Tottenham right now. Oh, oh that was that was confirmed about two hours ago, man. <laughs> Where you been? I told you. <laughs> it's just you got, got Stewie on speed dial. I'm getting the news two hours before you. What's going on here, mate? Oh, it's still on well, I've got, uh, speaking of uh, Sterling, by the way, I do have a mate who um, knows somebody. It's one of those things like I know somebody who knows somebody who knows um, Sterling. But, uh, Jacob, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jacob's been in touch and he says, um, my mate who's a brain tree played with Sterling in Tottenham in his early career. Says he's a very good player and will do really well if given the chance. So take, make of that what you will. Obviously, he's not really had, well, he's had two appearances, I think, for Tottenham since you know he signed for them. Um so he hasn't given, been given the chance. We just need to, you know, see what he can do. But don't rely on, obviously, Sterling for all the goals and things. Uh, by Could the way, good. again, I'm, I'm going to, because we're getting close to the deadline, I'm, I'm going to occasionally have to cut folk off here. But um, the the text message, as we'll now refer it to, has, has it, you're right, Connor, on what you're saying. It does look like there might be another one. Can't say much yet. The deal's been agreed with the club, but personal terms are yet to be agreed. So it looks like there might be another one as well. Um, it's looking like there might be another player on top of that as well. Um, Chris, I think, obviously, the, the original question, you wanted uh, you wanted to jump in on something. That is, is that right? What what you, you, You've just texted me, mate. I'll be honest. Yeah. I was trying to, think of the way to, <laughs> trying to think of the way to say to be dead professional with that, but you've just texted and said, can I jump in? And I forgot yeah. what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, talking about maybe the initial fee of, of Will Gregg and what, what that might mean. And I think um, Sam and Jordan was on TalkSport earlier on and they were talking about us making kind of bid after bid after bid and trying to see a way out of it and how we could just kind of get it over the line. And he was suggesting, obviously, that, you know, some sort of initial fee, but then, you know, kind of a huge... Um, kind of portion of it be paid or an extra bit a bonus be paid if we got promoted so whether it's something like that you know we pay something like 1.5 up front and then you know give them another half a million 1 million or whatever if we get promoted then uh, you know that, that might depend on what the actual fee is for, for Will Gregg uh, come the end of the season um, Somebody's asking online uh, Johnny d- does Greg go straight into the starting lineup on Saturday if he signs? Yeah 
Yeah, he yeah. Does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's kind of how I yes. thought. The answer is yes. Um, I also Connor, think I'm going to get too carried away, but I feel like if you're playing against Wimbledon, you know, bottom of the league should be a good opportunity to play him, you know, yeah. potentially. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? What What do you think, Connor? Do you think he goes straight in on Saturday? Nah, he's injured, isn't he? Oh, how was he injured for? Oh. Hang on a minute, man. What? I know he was injured, but I thought he was all right. Oh, no, my I'm sure he's injured. I mean, uh, has his leg, has his leg fallen off or something or what? No, I think he got like a two week injury, didn't he? Because they were saying that one of the reasons we might not sign him was the fact he was injured. Um, oh, was that two weeks? Wasn't that two weeks ago he got injured though? What, what was it? What game was it? He got injured. Was it after the Luton match? Or there's been a week. Mm, I don't think he'll play on Saturday. That'll be my gut instinct because if he is injured or even if he is coming back from an injury do you really want to risk your new uh, star signing um, straight away you'd probably want to hold him off for the Oxford game that would be my guess so I don't think he starts I think you'll probably go with Wyke up front um, so yeah okay. I, I don't think he starts sorry to put a bummer on that one there but I don't think he starts uh, I should have known that apologies for that <laughs> no, I, I, no, I mean maybe, maybe I should have known that but I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes he plays anyway. I don't care. I wanna see him. Um what do you what do you think, Chris? Do you think if his leg's not falling off, he plays on Saturday? <laughs> I I can see him uh, with it being a you know a couple of weeks ago and I can see him being on the bench. I can see him and Wake. Wake's fighting for fitness. I mean to be fair to Wake, he's only what he's only started four games for us and he's come off a sub in two of them. Um so he's he's still finding his feet and finding fitness. I mean he's been out for virtually six months. So I wouldn't mind if he gets another start, especially against uh, especially against Wimbledon, who were pretty physical. So you know, Greg on the bench coming on, maybe grabbing a late goal, that will do, mate. Someone's tweeting about the fee, uh, a Wigan, a Wigan journalist, and we're talking more about the fee here. I tell you what, I mean, I think we have to watershed, but so if I swear, fair enough. But fuck me, like the things that get presented here in this transfer window literally go from like one end of the stick to the other it's a it's a Wigan journalist that's tweeted Paul Kendrick he said in a very awkward situation here at Euxton in terms of what I can and can't say probably too close to the action if anything Will Grigg looks to be on his way to Sunderland but from what I understand the fee is way off what has been reported we'll try and firm up ASAP and then the first reply is, is it the four million that talk for a saying? So four million, like if it's four million, um, what, what do we make of that, Connor? Four million, if it's four million, does that change things or do you not, do you not care? Because I, I don't care if I'm totally honest. I'm looking at the fee and I'm like, whoa, four million, but it's not my four million, it's, it's Stuart's. I don't believe for one second it's four million. I mean, we were told that the, Asking price it went up to three million. So why would we jump in and pay four? I don't believe it's four million. Um, I mean, talk sports called talk shite for a reason. So <laughs> I'm going to say that um, <laughs> no, probably not four million. If it is four million, it's probably been that one of the owners, whether it be Juan Satori or Stuart Donald, has just decided to end the madness and just get it over the line. Uh, but I don't believe it's four million. I think it's more likely to be in the one point five to two million range. If I was to uh, pick a fee of where it would be. Yeah, I think as well. I think potentially as well. Um, really, really randomly, completely off topic. We've got 10 minutes. I don't know whether we're going to find out anything like that. But um, talking about former player interviews, as you may all know, I, I quite like doing that. Um, I'm going to Germany tomorrow. I'm going to see Hertha Berlin on Saturday instead of going to see Sunderland, which I'm sure you'll frown at. 
Um, but I've been trying to get in touch with Jan Kirchhoff to try and get an interview because he's playing for Magdeburg now. And he's just replied saying he can do a face-to-face interview in Germany. That'll be good, won't it? Oh, nice. Yeah. That'd be canny. He's beautiful, yeah. though. So I don't know whether I'll be able to really necessarily do it. Um, Unless he gets injured beforehand. There's a, there's a when feed. he gets injured. Graham, there's a yes. BBC are saying it's £4 million. Pounds. Uh, uh, I don't care. It's not my money. Well done, Stuart. Fair play, mate. Well, <laughs> four, BBC saying four million it probably gives it a bit more credibility. You've got Talksport and BBC saying it in there. Four million. I mean, well, that's the thing. I think, I'm just saying a comment there. Like, obviously, uh, what was it? Barnsley wanted four million for Kiefer Moore, and like, you know, so if it's four million, and we said that we, I don't know if it did, said we didn't have it, but like, I mean, I don't know if you prefer Moore or Grig, but I don't know if the, the four million. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but you know. Craig Johns, my mate Craig Johns from who's you right for again? The Chronicle, isn't it? Um, be very surprised if personal terms with Greg are a concern. Player was very keen on the move earlier in the month, and I imagine SAFC won't be haggling too much on his wage demands now. I cannot really haggle that much, can we? If he goes, I want fifty grand a week. Aye, that's different. But I, I mean, how much do you think Will Greg's on? Because he's always been League One, so he kind of be more than about six, six or seven. Mm. What do you think, Johnny? Well, or Connor? Uh, or anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Just speak. Again, <laughs> probably more like 10, you know, 10k or something. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the higher earners in League uh, League One, like. Um, an update on the fee. Sorry there, Johnny, but Sky are now saying that Greg is 3 million rising to 4 million. That makes more sense. Okay. All right. Okay. So that is a very, very big deal. It would make it the record League One transfer um, if something were to pull it off. So yeah, it would. It's a, it's a huge deal uh, for the football club and I think it's a, a statement of intent I think from the, the football club it's basically just doing that thing where we come in as, as Walshie says isn't it and just like getting in amongst the jobbers and saying you want to spend 2.3 well we'll spend 3 million that's what I, that's how I'm going to take it I'm not going to say we've overpaid it's just us showing the jobbers where we're at um, or just maybe to play, not just to play <laughs> devil's advocate though does that does it not hint the fact that we might have panicked though as well Aye, I think we've panicked. I definitely think we've panicked. Um, Keith, I think Keith, uh, Keith Downey's just tweeted. It might be the same thing, mate, but um, my friend James Martin's just tweeted in to me and said, one source is telling us the fee agreed for Griggs, three million is close to four. If so, they've gone all in, working furiously to get it done. How do you work furiously? Like just angry, typing angry in that. Is that how you do yeah, it? Like, type quickly and... <laughs> Just aggressively. And so I suppose it goes to show the point we made at the start of the show is that if you shout at shops loudly enough, you get signings. We've proven that you don't have to shout at shops for your club to spend big for the level that you're at. Um, All you have to do is get people to tweet them every single second of the day going, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? You know? I mean, yeah, Please. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have to take this one to Parliament to get Will Grigg, which I'm quite proud of, to be honest. Um <laughs> You know, I'm pleased we didn't have to waste anyone's time in the government about transfer fees. So, I mean, do you think something will come out before 11 o'clock, Connor? Do you think we're going to get something? No, I don't think it will come at 11 o'clock. I presume they've applied for an extension. I mean, you've been playing it very, very, very close. Um, I can't see anything getting announced tonight. But obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it's announced tonight so I can go to bed and not constantly check Twitter every hour. (laughs) 
Um, I've still got a pack yet, man. Yeah, I suspect it'll probably get done in early in the morning. I suspect we'll probably wake up to a, a tweet or potentially uh, nine o'clock or so when uh, the academy, when the media team uh, emerge back to the academy after working probably 24 hours straight. Sky Sports News are apparently, I haven't seen this on Sky Sports, someone's just tweeted at me, we're reporting we're after James Norwood from Tranmere, so maybe that's the other one. Yeah, I saw that before um, Tom White apparently said that. I was going to jump in with it, but uh, I got sidetracked with all this Will Grigg stuff. It's an interesting sign as well, I think. Um, yeah, top scorer, goal scorer in League Two, so you know it's a, it's a potential good get for Sunderland. And I think getting two strikers in, three strikers in, you know, it's it's again it's a statement from the club because you're only as good as your goal scorers, as uh, our famous manager Steve Bruce once said. Ah, right. Hang on, I've just heard something here, and I don't think anyone knows about this. Um, from the text message we had earlier on, McGeehan from Barnsley is apparently the other lad that we're trying to get in. Who's that? I've never heard of McGeehan. Uh, He's a midfielder, uh, box to box. He's played 23 games this year. So, so he's he's the other one we're after, apparently. McGeehan. Roger Report exclusive, Cameron McGeehan, who is a player for Barnsley. He's the number eight. He's played 25 games this season. He scored three goals and one assist. Why do we want another midfielder? Um, I mean, I suppose it's about options, isn't it? If this is a player that they wanted and didn't think they could get and he's came onto the market this late on, they might have had, yeah, okay, we'll do it. You can only, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having more and more options. This season, we've had so many midfield options, but actually they've been injured, suspended. You know, we've not actually had a fully fit midfield all season. So I, I can see sort of the he's thing. Five, he's five foot 11, so he's a big lad. So he's, he's that, we've been wanting that midfielder, haven't we, for that big lad in the midfield for a while. His pedigree is quite good. Um, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's been at Fulham and Chelsea in his youth career and Norwich, who are all, they've all brought through good young players in the time. Uh, he didn't play for Norwich. He was at Luton between 2015 and 2017. He scored 22 goals in 65 games. That's close enough to just over 1.3, uh, sorry, one goal every sort of three and a half games or something. That's not bad for a midfielder, is it? He'll need a goal scorer midfielder. So, Aye. yeah, I mean, Catamol obviously had that bit of uh, flurry with goals, didn't he? But um, that's died down. I'm just surprised Barnsley want to sell him. Yeah. Um, Especially to us. So, we're going to be going a little bit late in the 11, lads, uh, for those of you who want to stay. Um, I think we should go a little bit longer because there's stuff coming in here about a few, a few different things. So um, I'm I'm going to be staying. Connor, are you staying with us, mate? Does it count as overtime? Uh, we don't get paid at work. <laughs> mate, I hate to tell you that. But um, what about what about you, uh, Johnny? You staying with us? I can us? stick around. Yeah, yeah, I can stick around. Stick around. Um, yeah. What about you? What about you, Chris? Are you still alive, mate? I'm good. We're making signings. We're making si- to, We're making loads of them. On. I have to stay on. Well, I think I think if you look at like you know right if you look at um at last season, this could have been Zlatan Ibrahimovic if our scouting team had their say so. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, I don't think that was really a realist. I mean, I think even Martin Bain thought that one. Uh, <laughs> oh, Martin Bain, Martin Bain, Martin look, Bain. It's on the transfer market. Um, Barnsley paid one point one million for McGeehan, so from Luton. Um, last summer so it'll be interesting to see what the fee is for that because 
I highly doubt that Barnsley would sell him for less than what they paid. So that would suggest that Sunderland could be spending somewhere in the region of five to six million pounds today. Like, where, where's that one come from? Like McGeehan, that, that has that just been like overnight? Is that has he been after that one a while? It's it's, it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, just, I'll be honest. I'm going to throw this out with the flow, and I know that we said that we're going to go one at a time to keep it nice and smooth, but. I've, I've lost caring about this um, in terms of keeping it smooth because players are coming in right, left and centre. Um, has anyone heard of McGeehan before this? Because I'll be honest, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've signed him on FIFA. you signed him on FIFA? Uh, I've just, I've just, I always signed Marcus Madison on FIFA. I wish we would sign Marcus Madison. I love Marcus Madison. I don't know why. just looks like he, I don't know, he just looks like he'd be good, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, a bit, he's got, um, he's got like that, that sort of, he looks like he'd be a very good footballer, doesn't he, with all his tattoos and stuff. Massive lads fan. Yeah, he's a big Sunderland fan as well. I see him Instagramming. About, I mean, I followed him on Instagram just because I had an inkling that he might be signing. I thought, like, he might... <laughs> when he had a baby instead. <laughs> yeah, he had a baby instead, but I... Yeah. Um, oh, Derby. I know this doesn't matter because Derby doesn't mean anything. Also, just signed Andy King from Leicester. It's a good <laughs> signing. Well, I suppose, but there's so much going on at Sunderland. Why are you talking about Derby? How are you, Graham? I don't know. I'm just refreshing, refreshing Twitter and stuff like that. But um, but McGeehan, McGeehan looks like it's a genuine thing. Um, we're getting ah right, okay. So the the reason he's maybe not been in the news so much is he had a nasty muscle injury and missed nearly six months for Luton and for nine months for Luton and Barnsley. But he's only 23, McGeehan, and he's. He's played for Luton, he's played for Barnsley, and he was at Norwich, Fulham and Chelsea. So, I mean, we don't know whether that one's going to happen. Um, from what we're hearing, it's very much in the balance, that one. That that one may happen, but it might, it potentially might not. Um, do- I think we should uh, acknowledge, Graham, that the, the window's now closed. Oh, yes, it's 11 o'clock, so it's now yes, officially it's closed. closed. Uh, so, we're, we're on borrowed time now, we sign players. Nothing through confirmed as yet, but I suppose, and I would assume we're going to be asking for a extension. I, I would assume on both of them. And and for people who are just tuning in, we're at the highest point in the uh, in, in our viewers. Actually, we're on one thousand five hundred ninety-two. I didn't know there was that many people that even listen to our podcast that often. But there you go. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting two hours. But it's actually been the first time that I've done this, and we've had signings actually happen during the podcast. Um, last year I did it during the summer one, and we signed. We'd already signed like Johnny Williams and Callum McManaman. And if you want a, a good dose of like remembering where we're at, let's remember last year when we did it. We signed Callum McManaman. We signed uh, Johnny Williams. Martin. Yes. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Lee Camp, Ovi Ajaria. I mean, it's just names that make you want to vom, really. And apart from Johnny Williams with his little dogs, did he? Did, do, you, do you know? Does anyone know if he got those two adopted dogs that he wanted? I'm not sure. No idea. No. Um, I'd like one, to find out. One thing I would say is, is it seems to be now pretty much confirmed by everyone that it's three million for Greg Rising to four million. Um, <sighs> kind wow. of. I'm kind of like waiting to see if any of the big news outlets pick up on. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Does um, anybody? Does anybody know if does there, does everyone remember the ghost of Roger? Not me. I'm I'm far too young to be a Roger. 
Oh, no, 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 man. No, no. I mean, the Twitter account, Ghost of Rogue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's Ghost that's at Rogue Park. No, can't remember that. No, one, no I can't Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he used to pretend he, he like worked a fax machine or something at the stadium. Like, I'm just wondering if he still works a fax machine. Because if he does, I hope he's working really, really, really fast. Who uses fax machines um, in this day and age? Like, just bang an email across. What the hell am I messing around with fax machines for? Ghost of Roker. <laughs> well, Costa Rica does well, lads. Ooh, I think yeah. I am probably gonna have to sign off for the evening because I need to drive all the way to Gateshead from Blythe. So, um, thanks for having us, and I am looking forward to checking my Twitter uh, when I arrive in Gateshead and seeing Will Greg holding that beautiful red and white scarf above his head. Well, hopefully, mate. Hopefully, um, but good to speak to you again, mate. Nice to yeah, see yeah. you. Catch you around. Cheers, guys. Look after yourself, mate. Try. Right, right, lads. It's just us. Should we go till? I think I'm going to go to quarter past. Um, let's see what we've got thus far. So, um, so just to recap, obviously we brought in Lewis Morgan today on a, a loan deal. Uh, Brian Oviedo, for the record, in terms of outgoings, that's not been confirmed. We don't know what's happening with Brian Oviedo. So potentially, we've still got Oviedo coming into the squad for the end of the season, which would be on financially not maybe that great, but from a perspective of having a player, I think he's, I really like Oviedo at this level. I think he's excellent. I think that would be a huge benefit if he stays from a playing perspective. Ethan Robson um, has gone to Dundee. Yeah. And it looks like Will Grigg is on his way for 3 million, potentially rising to four, and potentially Cameron McGeon. Um. So and and Norwood as well, Graham. Oh yes, and Norwood potentially. I think. Uh, oh right, okay. Um. So the text message. It, if this person who we're sharing a text message with, we're, we're being very trusting of. Um. But but I really hope that this person's getting it all accurate. But we're waiting on the FA and the EFL approval for an extension. The talks are underway. Okay. Uh, looks like Danny's back as well. Danny, are you back, mate? I am indeed. What has happened? <laughs> Go away for about an hour and everything <laughs> goes crazy. Yeah, the world's gone. We've, we've, we've caught on fire and we've signed, or we're trying to sign someone from, we're getting text messages and all sorts. Um, do you know, for, for the record, I tried to find out if we were signing that the Dapo earlier. I know a, well, a half know a journalist who deals with Plymouth. <laughs> and I sent him a message saying, all right, mate, just going from Rug Report, what's the latest on the Dapo from your end? And I've just realised he totally blanked me for the entire day. I don't think we're signing them, lads. I don't think the Dapo is going to happen uh, for the record. The mad thing is, um, some of them are now looking like they could sign three players. Greg. Who's that? Norwood, which Sky have said. Who's making? Is someone making a beepy noise? Is someone pressing something? Is that you? No, it's me. <laughs> Someone's pressing buttons. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. Now that the interruption has um, stopped. Aye, but like three players. It's not bad, is it? I mean, it's again, it's gone from a successful window to a maybe. Maybe the price is overly inflated, but. Um, I, I don't care in the grand scheme of things. If we were, 
if we were bidding, like, say, five million, and we ended up paying twenty-five million for a player, I'd be pretty cheesed off. I'd, it wouldn't make any sense. But realistically, if we're wanting to get back to the championship and he gets us promoted, what what's one and a half million? It's not much, is it? Not really at all. Um, I mean, we've got we've got that money from Dilabodji and Ndong. We've got a little bit of money from Madja that potentially may come. I know we lost a lot of that for the Kasri fee, but that's a, that's a debt we don't have to pay at the end of the season. If we're promoted at the end of the season, we don't have to pay one point five million to to Bordeaux. We've only technically then paid one point five for for Will Grigg potentially. And if he gets us promoted and he costs us four million, which might be part of the add-on clause, it's it's been worth it, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if we go up, then we come into the point where we have. Uh, parachute payments and we can really give the championship a real good go next season that gives us we're not going to have that kind of income again anytime soon in the future so there's a vital importance someone go up this season just for that I mean even if we don't then it's not the end of the world but it gives us a bloody good level playing field next season Apparently Norwood is, is not happening at all um, it's on Sky Sports but that's that's not happening um, and the source for that is Gav. Uh, Gav is the source, a very, very unreliable source for the record. He's Gav to be fair, I don't know how much was into it. I think Sky Sports mentioned it briefly. That's where I've got it from. It's nothing from our end, but Sky Sports. I, mean, I don't know how we. I don't know how we'd get like. I don't know how we get three through. So just to just to kind of finish off, lads, because I'll be honest, I, I don't like to, to flake out, but I do. I have got Berlin to travel to in the morning. Um, so just to sort of summarise uh, the transfer window as we currently stand, what do you, what do you think, Chris? What's your what's your summary of, of the January transfer window? And do you think we've done enough if these transfers go through to get promotion back to the championship? Uh, I think we've done some good business. Um, I like I like the sign they've done at the back. I think we needed that. Um, Ledbet is going to be a very good player in this league. Um, Morgan is going to fit nicely into what Ross wants to do. Um, we're seeing these kind of tactics online, and um, I think he knows what Morgan can do and knows where to play him and get the best out of him. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. If Greg comes in, hopefully he'll, he'll bang some goals in. I think White will get better as he gets fitter. Um, Sinclair could be a good signing just to to kind of come on, give us a um, a different dimension, bit of pace, get in behind. So. Yeah, I think I think it's been a good window. I think it sets us up nicely, um, and then a few, a couple of home games um, to get the new players bedded in. Um, yeah, it could work. I'm 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 optimistic about uh, about what's going up. What do you think, Johnny? What do you think the window's been like? I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, um, signing what three or four players, um, potentially four players in one day is quite is very much like a, the Roy Keane days, if you remember that when signed six in one day. Coming out there. Yeah, and it feels like, yeah, if we've got a fully fit squad, I can see it being a very successful season. Um, still seeing, still believe we can get the top two, and um, players like this will definitely strengthen that uh, opportunity. So I'm quite happy. I think we'll go up? If they go through. Uh, yeah, just, I think. I hope, if we get the playoffs, I feel like we'll not get through. But mm, if we get top two, we should be fine. Yeah, uh, well, if we get top two, obviously go up, but... Just avoid playoffs, please. <laughs> God, please. Um, what do you think, Danny? Then, what do you think of January transfer windows to sum up? 
I think if we get Greg and now Mr. McGeehan, then we can't really complain. It's been a really good transfer window. There's quite a bit of hype with McGeehan. Um, Ledbert, uh, as I said earlier, he could be one of the best midfielders in the league. And then you've got Greg, who, again, probably one of the best strikers in the league. We've got pace. We've got directness. We've got all the things what Sunderland fans said we were lacking. We've got that big centre-back. If McGeehan and... Yeah, it has just been a really good transfer window if this happens, if we get it over the line. Fab. I mean, just to give my thoughts on it. Um, yeah, again, it's, it's a difficult question to ask, isn't it? I suppose, even though I was the one that asked it, because we don't know if Griggs over the line yet or, or McGeehan. But even if it's not McGeehan and it is ending up being... Uh, will Greg just over the line? Yeah, more than happy. We've got a Sinclair replacement. We've got a Madger replacement. We brought in Lewis Morgan for competition on the wings, which I think we definitely needed. And we brought back someone who I absolutely loved the first time around. And I think he's only got a better, more experienced player in, in Grant Ledbetter. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can't complain. But um, thanks to everyone for sort of tuning in to the, the live podcast. It was a 1.1,000, nearly, nearly 1,600 of you. And I, I think we all really appreciate that because, as you know, Rogue Report is a labour of love. It's um, we, we'd be all right if we're getting minimum wage, but sadly we're not. Um, but um, we, we do it because we love Sunderland. Um, I'm off to play World of fucking Warcraft um, with the rest <laughs> of the lads till four o'clock in the morning because that's my main passion along with the rest of the lads. But um, enjoy the rest of the summer, or the summer, the, the winter transfer window. Will Grigg is indeed seemingly on fire. Uh, we've been Rogue Report. I've been Graham. Johnny's been Johnny. Danny's been Danny. Chris has been Chris. And Connor has been getting a hair transplant. Thanks for checking in, lads. Have a good night. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDag, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDag is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDag, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.